You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch where the geeks are all baby faces. Now, let the party begin. Live, start the countdown. Three, two, one. What's up, fellow brunchers? Welcome to Talk Brunch Live. August 26, 2019. I'm your host, as always, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, and you're listening to episode 336. Co-piloting the brunch ship with me, as always, is Mr. Dustin Frazier. Okay, yeah, PewDiePie hit a hit 100 million subscribers on YouTube, but is he 10 away from 700 on Mixer? I think not. No, definitely not. We had to work for these numbers, son. Catch up, bro. <laughs> Get your together. <laughs> we are a little over a month away from the Wednesday Night Wars, which are being hyped to all hell. Hopefully, it'll live up to that hype, and that's something that we're going to be covering tonight. All of the new changes. There's been some big news in regards to the futures of all of the shows, the movement of stuff on and off of the network, things that are happening with Fox, things that are happening with USA, all kinds of craziness. So get ready and hang in there. That being said, shout out to our child. We have EB Gamer and Six Slayer, Willie V2, Stasis Dreams, Ace Rainbow 3674, Cooler Ice. George Z, Mikey Gamble, and also all those listening currently to the live broadcast over at TalkBrunch.com. And of course, the rest of you who listen on iTunes, Stitcher, and all other popular podcatcher apps. We're available on every major digital audio provider, including SoundCloud. Just search TalkBrunch, and you can visit TalkBrunch.com for that, plus the social media links, as well as replays of all of our content. Don't forget, guys, we are back on YouTube, which means that there are visuals if you're interested enough to want to see some of the clips or images that we put up on the screen as we cover the news, I know most of our demographic has migrated off of YouTube by my own fault in doing onto iTunes and all those other places. But uh, yeah, if you're interested in just going back to the channel, which has completely thrown us out of the algorithm, which that's what they do when you abandon them. Uh, yeah, you know, a little help over there would be nice. But welcome yeah. to this week's top story rundown. That being said, we're still the top uh, number one wrestling podcast on all of mixer so we got that mixer number one podcast <laughs> oh boy so tonight's opening discussion is about wwe 2k20 yep um new little breaking details of course one of the things that was announced early on is the return of last year of this past year's tower mode now, last year, of course, it was headlined by the cover star AJ Styles' uh, Million Dollar Tower, which, of course, we know was won by uh, Magnum Condom Man, which I still don't believe he really won it. But <laughs> this year, once again, we're getting a special tower. But it's a little bit of a different scenario this time because in what's being described almost as a showcase tower, I guess you could call it, the second cover star, Roman Reigns, is getting his own tower this year. It's known as Roman's Reign. Yeah, puns. But um, basically how this how this tower is going to work, starting from, um, I believe, when on the early days of the Shield, this tower is going to consist of a lot of big matches in Roman Reigns' career. 
Um, from what it's looking like, it's going to be 16 matches in total. I don't know if it's going to be a gauntlet or a stage tower, because, of course, last year with the towers, there were two different kinds. The gauntlets where you ran straight through them or the stages where you could do them at your own pace. So it's a little bit up in the air how this one's going to go. But similar to uh, Daniel Bryan's showcase, it looks like Roman's almost going to be narrating some of the matches through this tower. So it's actually a little interesting to see that he's getting his own special one this year. Yeah, that did you? I think they have a list of the uh, the matches. Yeah, that this is gonna I be. actually have the whole not the, the whole list right in front of me. Okay. So in in order, it looks like we're going to be getting um, it's going to kick off with the tag team match between Reigns and Rollins versus Team Hell No, followed by a match with Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, Big Show, Bray Wyatt, Sheamus, Triple H, AJ Styles, Rusev, Braun Strowman, The Undertaker, John Cena, The Miz. Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar, and then finalized with Drew McIntyre. So at the same time, now we've got confirmation of other stars who are going to be in the game this year. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so there's, there, it's uh, a few of those interest me. Like, I don't remember Seamus having a lot to do with Roman Reigns, unless it's just that my memory failing me. Well, it was um, one of the first times Seamus won, uh, won the first time on Roman's first two WWE championship wins. Really? Wow. It was, uh, he, he was feuding with Sheamus at the time because that's when he snapped at TLC and then r- ran through Triple H, which turned into Triple H coming back and winning that Rumble when Roman had to defend the title. Yeah, that's not bad. Well, if you look at uh, the last one that they did, the one we're on now, 2K19, uh, the production value when it came to all of the things like that was fantastic. The Daniel Bryan mode and everything. If you look at our past streams on uh, over at our website, we played through that entire mode and it was really good. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's really well done. And the coolest thing about it is, um, this, yeah, this is going to be a big tower. It's actually one more match than AJ's tower was because AJ's million dollar tower was 15 matches. But it's a uh, it's, it's looking like it's going to be really good. If it's anything like last year, though, it's going to be ridiculous because I remember at least over two dozen towers last in the last tower mode. And now with I'm assuming that uh, the pre-order bonus character, the fiend is going to get his own tower. Which I mean, it'd be crazy not to, but yeah, it's, it's cool to see Roman getting his own tower. It does make a lot more sense of why he's one of the two cover stars now because he's getting his own special thing. Would they give the pre-order character a tower, though? Do you think? I mean, Ray got a tower. Ray and Ronda both got towers last year, and then every, with all the uh, extra packs they had, everybody in the, all those extra wrestlers got their own towers. So I don't see what reason they would have to not give uh, the Fiend a tower. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool if they did that. And I mean, I've said for years that these games need to have the production value of uh, the NBA games and everything else, even though now I wouldn't say that. Like, don't don't be like them now. Those games are like nah. they, couldn't, they couldn't give them away for literally two ninety nine over the, the sale <laughs> that they had. Do you notice that? that they, they, I mean, they and the funny <laughs> thing is with NBA games, I don't knock people who like NBA, Madden, FIFA. They don't change enough. And they they add a whole boatload of microtransactions, which is one of the bigger deals that I have with a lot of these titles lately. They just yeah. storm on it. But literally, if you look at the uh, the NBA 2K19 game in the uh, Microsoft Store, the rating of it, it's like a 1.5 or a 2.0 or something like that. 
And for there was a, I'm sure you saw it last month, Destin. There was like a month where it was like two ninety nine for the whole game. And I don't really play yeah. the NBA game, but I was looking. I was almost tempted because it was like three dollars. That's less than a sandwich nowadays. Like, but when I looked at the <laughs> reviews and just the way it was littered with microtransactions and just it, it, it wasn't. It didn't sound like a good experience. They need to steer away from stuff like that and just take the positives of the previous NBA games, where like they would update the roster, the outfits, or things of that nature, and just sort of incorporate that into the. Uh, the, the WWE stuff. Exactly. And I mean, the one thing that v- that uh, WWE 2K did, that NBA 2K would never seem to get right, is just the way they handle VC. Whereas with the NBA games, you don't really earn that much VC, no matter how good you play. Whereas you get a lot more VC if you get a couple of three or four, if you get a couple of five star matches rather than you get a bunch of like one, two and three stars in the games, you gradually see that, that amount of VC you're going to get like go up and you have to reward you for your performance with the NBA ones. You're just better off buying VC. Whereas the end, whereas the WWE ones, you really, they don't, they don't even have like, um, example, one thing that we can do at my job, we can print out codes for VC WWE 2K VC codes don't exist. Yeah, you can't even that's... find them because they let you earn your own way through with with um the VC. Hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, I want them to steer away from that, but I would like to see regular updates and stuff that keeps people engaged. In your opinion, how was how was this current year 2K19? Would you say that that's uh that it contributed to that? Was it able to be something that kept your attention and did you feel like oh, it had the longevity? And did it have a year of support? Definitely. I mean. The first, when it first came out, like I mentioned, one of the things that helped was uh, Towers mode. Because like I said, I think there had to be 30, maybe 40 Towers. Uh, cool VC stands for Virtual Currency. But um, even when the game initially launched, like there, God, had to be at least probably 20 Towers. And then with every new pack that came out, more Towers came. So the Towers mode on its, in its own gave you a little bit of longevity to it added on to the fact of how difficult AJ's tower was, because if I think it's 15 matches, I only got to maybe 9 or 10. Mm, but it's, yeah. um, it, and the fact that the towers all have different um, levels when it comes to, like, their difficulty, like, AJ's is the highest level one, it's that legendary. And um, just then with the tower mode, the universe mode did manage to keep me very interested this year. Uh, my career mode, eh, it seemed like more of the after story stuff kept me a little bit better going, but that that my career that's the one where you create yourself and go into the game. Yeah, that that mode was bad. Yeah, so it that was, mode's always yeah, it, 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 it was better than the, the than the previous before, but. year, but it was just weird, you know, the whole conspiracy storyline. Where I got to finish it though, because you know what? That's some of our, our our most viewed stuff on the not on YouTube but on Facebook Watch for some reason. A lot of people look at our two K nineteen content, which I literally was effortless next to some of the other stuff that we put up here yeah, yeah. and i know oh, there's something about playing that silly little career mode that, that they like i guess because we, we started with wrestling so they're gonna go for the wrestling stuff but uh yeah i have the uh the trailer i don't know if you've seen this but there's the 2k20 roman reigns uh yeah, it's, the tower it's pretty cool if i imagine my wwe career as a climb up a mountain and brock lesnar is at the peak when we met at wrestlemania 31 i thought i had him figured out and would take the WWE Championship. But Seth Rollins had other plans. Three years later, I got another chance at Brock at WrestleMania. And again, I thought I had him. But again, fate intervened and Lesnar walked away with the title. Same thing at the Greatest Royal Rumble in 2018. So when I got another chance at SummerSlam that year, 
I wasn't going to come up short again. Defeating Brock Lesnar wasn't just about taking that championship. It was about proving to him and to myself that I could overcome him and stand at the top of the mountain. To sum it up, without Brock Lesnar, there's no Roman Reigns. As much as I dislike him, I'm thankful for him too. It's, it looks like it's going to be quite the tower. I'm wondering if it's going to be similar in the sense of it's going to be the highest difficulty tower of the other ones. And you, when you play this, obviously you have to be Roman Reigns, right? Yeah. Ah, that, that move set. <laughs> How you survive. <laughs> Is that what they did? They made it him? The challenge of how to survive with that move set. I mean, at least we can. The only thing we can hope for is that at some point you can Superman punch somebody so hard it goes to a special needs kid looking at his own face. If they ever make one with a Finn Balor tower, that's the one I'm going to rule. That dude was designed to assassinate people. Oh, dude, Finn's moveset is. I remember like, the first time we played together, that was the moment I realized how crazy Finn's moveset is and the fact that every one of his moves links up with any of the other ones. Yep, everything, everything he can destroy you. Like, whenever I go online, I always pick Finn. It's pretty much over, and I think that's one of my favorite things about it. It's almost like 99% guaranteed. Like, once you nail them with that basement drop kick where they, like, sort of fall into the corner, they're screwed, like, at that point. <laughs> Over, the know, one thing that saved me other, against the, people mm-hmm. who use him is um the fact that I've managed to time the coup de gras. The yeah. way he does it, you can actually kind of catch the timing and be ready before it. I don't think I've been hit with that move. I don't know how long. But yeah, anything up until that point, like if they go bloody Sunday, that's it. <laughs> but I've noticed anybody who's ever tried to use Finn Balor just use, use the coup de gras in general, they can't seem to ever hit me with the move. But I mean, yeah, Finn's moveset is absolutely ridiculous. I use him now, even still on to this point, because it's kind of funny that he and uh, Pete Dunne are feuding in my universe currently. And it's fun watching his moveset because it's so fast. Everything goes so well. No matter what you're doing, you're already immediately lined up for something else. So it gives you a little bit of freedom that most movesets don't give you. Yeah, that's very cool. I want to, we didn't do too much streaming this year of the game. I want to do like the last couple of months, if possible, if there's time, I want to at least finish off the stuff that there is on this one. Uh, I see. I, like I said, I, at one point, if we ever, if you ever want, want me to give it a try, I'll give it another go for the million dollar tower because I haven't done it in a while. That tower yeah. is no joke. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't believe Magnum Condom Man really beat that tower. I refuse to believe it. <laughs> that I think it's not of this world. Uh, well, you guys know we're going to be streaming the game here like we do every single year. That's not oh. going to change, so you got that to look forward to. Yay. Ain't nothing like a launch party. Good old 2K launch party. Yeah. We no longer run it in the background all year long like, like we used to, but that doesn't mean it won't make appearances and we won't have clips and private streams just of it that we'll put up on the site. So it'll still be around. It's always the 2K uh, news is pretty much the other thing we report here besides the wrestling news. So, couple yeah, it's in- kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it's kind of interesting the way we've been seeing superstars getting revealed this way. And it's just like, 
I mean, hey, it, I, I kind of like it. Like, we're not getting just, like, a pack of roster reveals. We're seeing them revealed through these modes. So it's leaving a little bit of mystery, so. Cool, Ice. You're asking what happened to the Resident Evil stream. Are you talking about the remake of Resident Evil 2? Yeah, I think that's what he means. Yeah, I'm wondering. If that, I mean, that, that must be the one he means. That's the only uh, stream that I think Resident Evil stream we've probably ever done. I think we did the launch of uh, Resident Evil and... Uh, never went back to it okay so what happens is sometimes we do launch streams we're known for doing a lot of launch streams when a game comes out so unfortunately they wind up getting caught in the shuffle uh lost in the shuffle where we don't uh we don't really get to go back to every single thing that we want to do unfortunately so sometimes when you see a stream like that it's because we're just doing the launch and we might go back to it i'm certain we're going to go back to resident evil right right now what we're doing is we're reorganizing all of the streams uh we're reorganizing everything i haven't like made a public i guess this is the public announcement but sort of going into the new era of october aew's era because really when you look at the first week of october all of the content falls there. That's SmackDown's yeah. first episode on Fox. That's AEW's first episode uh, on Wednesday. Uh, that's NXT. They're they're going to be two weeks early. They're going to be already two weeks into into doing this. Everything's going to be shifting around. So we're sort of doing the same here. Um, that's one of the reasons why we, for the time being, we decided to do this. Was my decision just in case the two man uh, team here? You know, I felt Cobb was better fitted to moderate the chat room. And uh, Jen is having a terrible situation uh, in regards to uh, marital issues, which is keeping her off the air. But what I'm going to do for people who don't give a crap about all of that stuff, because I know there are people who ask me directly and then there are people who who, uh, don't care. They just want to hear about the wrestling news. From now on, the website, TalkBrunch.com, is going to literally have uh, any kind of information in regards to our plans, like people who like to look behind the curtain and stuff. We're not going to put up audio, but I'll, I'll do an occasional, probably like a weekly blog where I'll post and I'll tell you the behind the scenes of the creative of why we decided uh, to be two people or why we, or if we decide to be four, when we bring in new people, which is in the works, what, you know, where they came from, like the backstory. And it's not because we're hiding it, but because honestly, we don't have the time on the, the main show anymore, especially with a streaming for anyone who follows us throughout the week. We do like sometimes four or five streams, sometimes stream every single day of the week. So that being said, we don't have the time to spend a block of time on here like we used to do in the old episodes, just talking a little bit more about the behind the curtain stuff. But, uh, yeah, we'll put up like statements whenever you're interested in hearing what's happening with people or whatever. You can ask us directly. And also there'll be general statements for people interested in that kind of stuff on the website going forward. But that's one of those things that happen. Cool ice in regards to the, uh, the Resident Evil where we had where, where the team that we were using, uh, at that, at that time. Uh, sort of, as you can see, has separated. And now we have to decide who going forward is going to be in that stream. Um, with, with the other streams too, that's the same thing with the Sunday nights. For anyone else, we do, we do the Sunday, uh, Telltale games and Life is Strange games. We have a couple of them posted on the Facebook right now. Uh, all of that, we're just sort of sorting everything. Mist, as you can see, is helping us, uh, in regards to her stream. She's part of our Sea of Thieves team, like the official team is myself, Stasis. Our, our, our uh, Generation Zero one that we just started up now. Yeah, yeah, generate which we did, and we'll be getting back to that. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different streams and plans in the works in regards to stuff like that. But sometimes things do fall off. Like, we haven't forgotten about Final Fantasy IX. We haven't forgotten about Battle Chasers. It's just there's a lot of streaming and a little bit of time. And um, 
remember we're we're known we don't want to piss off the main demographic we're kind of known for doing the wrestling thing and that does take like a block of time to get the program that we're going through now ready shit isn't easy it's gonna say i'm not saying that i don't like doing it but like it's so that's like a full day for us so sometimes things get lost but they don't get forgotten because we have programs reminding us of uh the things that are happening yeah yeah, yeah sorry about it it does suck cool though the way that it uh the way that whole situation went down it was with no control of ours like we did everything that we could uh so it's like i like i said for for updates on that kind of stuff you, you i'm gonna put it on the blog you know because again yeah. i look at uh if i was looking at content or listening to podcasts i would want to hear about the news and if i'm interested i'll go inquire a little bit more about uh the other stuff you know, but we're open books. You guys can hit us up on Twitter or, or, or Facebook or whatever when you have that kind of um, question about what's going on. I don't really hide anything at this point. It's like you guys have been here so long that the the complete curtain is exposed. Also, what's up, Mister Squires in the room? Mark seven one zero C room just joining us. I just happen to be looking over at the screen. That doesn't mean I forgot about any of you other guys like Mikey Gambino and Talkie Badge and everything. The bot yeah. lets me. And I mean. You know, on top of that, with the stuff we're doing now, the stuff we have scheduled coming up, we're always talking about adding other games and other one-time streams, regular things. There's always a bunch of ideas always popping around. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I like, I like I have at least what three, four different games on my list that I brought up to you. Like, hey, if we ever get a chance, throw them in there. So, you know. also thank you, Cool Ice and C Room for the host. You just reminded me to turn my notifications back on, but um. Yeah, like I said, guys, um, there, there's a lot of stuff in the planning. Never lose faith. We're just going to be reconfiguring everything, and then we're going to be rebuilding and recruiting somewhat. It's, it's a different direction. Honestly, the reason Destin and I are on here as a two-man for the podcast stuff is because uh, it's just a different direction that we wanted to go as far as the tone of the show. You know what I mean? Like, it's just we kind of trying to be as nice as possible. Um, you know, we just want to make sure that the content is... uh makes you want to hang out <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> so yeah anyway back to the wrestling thank you for that question cooler because you know what i always forget to, i've been meaning to for weeks to talk about and we just i just always forget but anyway back to the wrestling news here so there was some stuff that went downs um with uh daniel bryan where apparently he was at a house show and people were chanting cm punk at him yeah, and he decided to give them what they wanted, but yeah, he, not in the way they expected. Yeah, here's the clip here. I already have it on the screen. Check out this response. <laughs> <laughs> a gts for them for anybody who doesn't have the visuals on he hit a freaking gts exactly that's that's a we he george says george says we should do an aw wednesday night show review dude there's like no way we can fit more wrestling as huge as, as huge as this monday show is that is that is not happening but what we we might play around with the idea of moving certain things like the party game zone that we do tuesdays after 205 live uh, that might not stay on Tuesday since there's no wrestling on Tuesdays anymore. You know, the, uh, the Monday show. I mean, it's sounding, and we're going to get into it tonight. It's sounding like the reality of the immediate future is going to be that Wednesdays are going to be the new Mondays. Like Wednesdays seem to really be the day that's going to be a legitimate 
huge Chip, situation. You know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for the follow, Stony Hydra. Welcome, sir. But it's really looking like Wednesdays are going to be today. And if Wednesdays does become what it's looking like it's going to be, then I'm not shy about moving what we're doing to Wednesdays. If everyone's not really watching Raw, it just happens to be the time that we all gather. So after Raw, it's a great time to come in here and talk about wrestling. But, uh, you know, there's other stuff that happens. Maybe we'll move the party game zone to, to Wednesdays after uh, after AEW, you know. Yeah. It's a uh, it's gonna be an interesting one to see. Or maybe it'll wind up on Fridays after SmackDown. But but I want to talk about how these shows are gonna affect each other before we talk about where we're gonna be because there's a lot of information about that. And unfortunately, half the dirt sheets nowadays, I'm sorry, seventy five percent are clickbait. So we gotta go through all the clickbaity stuff to make a program of the things that actually freaking matter. But yeah, Daniel Bryan hit the GTS. Uh as you saw in that image there. And I will share that to you guys in the channel. People who still refuse to go to the YouTube to watch this can go. <laughs> here. Here's the link. It is on our social media now. And yeah, that is it for anyone who hasn't been in a lifetime. Yes, I legitimately play the video, talk about the video, and share it to Twitter from the chat room at the same time. Squire said hump day game night. That's amazing. Oh, God. I, I like that. But, I like that. But idea. the interesting thing about it is I don't know if you heard about this. That's not the only news going around regarding the GTS because um, our resident rock star Shinsuke Nakamura, I guess, reached out to Kenta and has asked him for permission to use the move because he might want a second finisher. Yeah, well, first Kenta saw the entire GTS spot that we saw Daniel Bryan hitting Kofi with it and he put out a... Uh, a copyright. He just put out copyright 2004 Kenta, and then he put just letting you know. Uh, and uh, then Nakamura, you're right. He he tweeted, and uh, he said, "How much is the fee?" And Kenta said, "Cheaper than Kinshasa." And then uh, he said, "Let me use um, let me use GTS sometimes." And uh, basically, Kenta said, "Yow," which is Nakamura's old New Japan Pro Wrestling thing. So yeah. I guess he was he, given. He, he hasn't done this at NXT. Yeah, I used to love that. That's when he was talking back. I used to. Yeah, that's what the Yao came from. But yeah, for those um, who never um used to watch him in Japan, that second tone he does during his entrance, that's the Yao. And but you know what, man? I really, I really like that. That the way Nakamura, something about that exchange was cool. That he respectfully over social media asked Kenta's permission to use the move. Like there was yeah. just a cool, friendly thing. Nakamura is a really respectful guy. You know, Always I don't know, I don't know if he gets enough credit for, for the kind of person that he is. I've, I heard countless stories about Shinsuke Nakamura and just the kind of person that that guy really is, you know, and it's like the heel persona is definitely the act, but the, but the person that you saw, uh, you know, prior to that in an interview that, that like, that's sincere. Like he is a cool dude, man. Yeah. So um, he's a polar opposite of his heel persona. He's the nicest person you're probably ever going to meet. Yeah. Carl Anderson uh, actually told a story recently about back when he was a little bit greener than he is now uh, about just his interactions with Nakamura. This was on uh, Lillian Garcia's podcast, Chasing Glory. This was an excellent interview. She had all three OC members on there together. Yeah, this one just and, came out not too long ago. Yeah. And uh, they, they talked a little bit in detail about some personal stuff, but Carl Anderson, uh, he told a very interesting story about his interaction with Nakamura. I'm going to link you guys to the full time when you hear this clip here. Some guy saw me wrestle in Nashville, Dave Marquez, and he was working 
for New Japan's USA Dojo mm-hmm. in LA. And he said, if you want to come there and try and, you know, get your name out on that side of the world, come. And I said, okay. It's like 1400 bucks I had in my, yeah. I had a little bit over a thousand dollars and I moved out there. I lived in that dojo. I slept in the ring. So it worked. Slept on a, yeah. It ended up working. It was, it was two years of, it was terrible. Like yeah. living in, uh, it's like in this dojo and I had no, had no money at all. Was there a point there that you wanted to quit? You for sure. Like, yeah. For sure. There was a time Shinsuke Nakamura was out there too. So I met him when he was just, he came in from New Japan just to be there. And he goes, Chato, uh, or Carl, please, let's go eat. And I said, Shinsuke, I can't eat, buddy. I, a little low on money. And he goes, what? No, come with me. Just come with me, please. So we go, take me to, to an ATM. He goes, put your card in the ATM. And I said, there's no, no money in it. Please don't make me do this. He goes, put in. So I put it in. He goes, check balance. And I hit balance and it was like 14 bucks. And he goes, what happened? And I said, life, man. <laughs> oh, no. He goes, I take care. And for like six months, he bought me food every single day. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. You know? That's I could have got a job, right? But then, but then the people there told me that they didn't want me to get a job. They wanted me to be training every day. And then, and then sometimes there'd be food there. So there was proteins. I mean, I had food at, you know, I was able to eat, but, uh, yeah, she took me, he took care of me every night. Yeah. That's, that's an amazing person right there. I love the reaction. What happened? <laughs> his bank account, right? What happened? <laughs> I can see that's the kind of people you want to keep in your circle. Just the fact that it's like, didn't even have to, Carl didn't even have to ask. Nagamore just said, I got you for like six months. Yeah, that's really cool, man. That's, 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 that's good karma right there. Like, you, you do good for people and Pete Good comes back to you. Yeah, very cool stuff. The Japan uh, culture is very respectful, and I, I really dig this kind of stuff about them. Yeah. Um, Nakamura's a great dude. Absolutely and, fantastic uh, human being. Mm-hmm. And something else that came out of uh, this interview with the OC, which is uh, a bit of a bigger deal, was AJ Styles. He discussed uh, where he is right now in regards to that same link, so I'm not going to put it up twice, but I uh, want you guys to hear. I had no doubt that you know, this is what I was going to do for my career. Yeah, uh, It really was, and you couldn't have told me any different. And uh, I can tell you that the contract that I signed is here in the WWE was my last this is it. This is it for me. This is where I'm going to end my career. No matter what happens, I got to, you know, I want to be there for my kids. And I think I, in I, 10 I years we can get them out some, some signings here. Maybe in 10 years. A couple little brotherly road trips, right? A little fun on the road. What do you think about that? The final AJ Styles contract? It's It almost doesn't feel real. I watched this guy bright-eyed and baby face headline the first lockdown with abyss and it's going to be crazy to think that i'm actually going to see his last match at some point in time at some point in the future but i mean hey the man's had a once in a lifetime career so i'm pretty sure he gets to call his shot and what i like about it is he's it's not one of these situations where it's like hey i'm gonna hang around until i can't do it anymore it's literally okay i'm content so I'm going to hang around till this point, and then that's it. I think we were lucky to have the error with him that we did. Oh, most definitely. It's pro- it's He's always been one of the best guys, in, no matter what company he's been in. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. And uh, what was it? It was like a five-year contract, was it? 
I think so. So yeah, we got AV for what, another four, four and a half years, maybe? So Yeah, the landscape will be drastically different in five years. I wouldn't even worry too much about that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I mean we've seen from watching him on Mixer, dude's pretty okay just being a guy. Like <laughs> Yeah. No, he is. He definitely is. He he his two main games he streams are uh, PUBG and Rocket League. Every now and then he'll jump into Gang Beast. But it's a lot more PUBG usually. I've never seen him on Gang Beast. He plays that? I've seen him on there a couple of times. It's been a minute since he's been on there, but I have seen him on there before. Unbelievable. Wow. I think sometimes I think sometimes his kids get in the game too. So. I've never tried it, but I like the way the physics of it look. Oh dude, it's so fun. That's one of those games you'll try to be serious about and then you'll immediately start laughing after a while. Yeah. It's yeah, it's really entertaining though. Yeah, that is that's pretty cool, man. So uh I guess we got to talk a little bit about what's happening with the uh, with the different networks here in regards to like the station, right? Like the the changes and what I'm talking about. Madness. So uh, we're hearing that basically the USA Network, because of the move to the USA Network, you could expect people from the NXT roster to be making USA Network money, almost the equivocal to Raw and SmackDown people. That is really good for those guys. So there's some positive news here, see? Like no one thinks about uh that kind of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, they're going to be making some real money. Now, there still could be potential consequences. Like you know what? On here before. You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> Runic, Runic Puma, thank you for the follow. Sorry, I was like, I had my program. Thank you very much. The... Thank you, sir. Welcome to the wackiest news, wrestling news program in the world. Um, yeah, so like I said, they could start making actual freaking main roster money, which is what people are looking forward to happening. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but there, but again, the changes like such as Vince are another thing that people are still worried about. It's starting to look less likely that the stuff with Vince is going to happen though. You know? Yeah. Cause like, I think uh, they've been saying that like NXT is realistically going to be the same, just on a different channel. Uh, yeah, it pretty much is. From what we're hearing on here, it sounds like they're going to be keeping uh the same production team. They're going to be keeping the same production staff that Triple H put together. Mike Johnson of PW Insider reported that, uh yeah, it's going to be the same team, the team that they used for the Evolution pay-per-view. And uh, that it's the team that Triple H built over the last four or five years. And uh he got the impression that it's not changing. So our fears have been averted. You don't have to worry about that anymore and uh we're also hearing that vince actually will probably not be present at television tapings according to dave melser of wrestling observer he is saying that uh, he's not going to be at the nxt show that doesn't mean that he's not going to have any input he's just probably not going to be at the shows because uh what's going to happen with triple h he's probably going to go out of his mind and he might miss some smackdowns so uh you know, it sounds like it's going to stay the same. Like, they're going to allow them to keep running things exactly the way that they were running them, uh, aside from it now being on USA. Yeah, which is the best move to make for NXT, because they do absolutely fantastic with what with what they do, the whole format of their shows. So. Now, the question that people have been asking is, how is this going to affect NXT on the WWE Network? What is the official decision here? Are they going to be leaving are you going to have to only watch them on the USA Network? Do you have to wait a month? Because for those of you that don't know, SmackDown and Raw are available on the uh, WWE Network, but they have to be out exactly one month old episodes. 
which is probably useless if you're a hardcore fan because you're not thinking yeah. about what happened last week, let alone last month. That being said, what's going to happen with NXT on the WWE Network is it's going to be moved to Thursday nights. So if you're not watching it on the USA Network, you have to wait 24 hours and then you'll see it the following day on Thursdays. It's not leaving the WWE Network. It's just going to be moved a day away. It's only a day. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, I had to do it. Had to do it. When else would oh I get that chance? God. When else would I have ever gotten that chance? Now they got to get a redhead stepchild with freckles on the freaking network. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. In regards that's to, not bad. It, it's not bad. It's, it's, uh, I prefer that it would have stayed live. Obviously, as a network subscriber, I like watching everything on the network. But, uh, yeah, USA with their commercials and stuff, I'll, I'll tolerate it. It's a two hour show now. You know, so you're going to get more. You're going to get an hour and a half worth of programming, barring commercials, hour 20 minutes, depending how they, they swing it. Well, you know, so I mean, it, it's definitely positive for them and, and everyone sort of wins and loses a little bit here, but they win more than anything. Exactly. So they're, they're coming up pretty well. Yeah, so they're going to be on the USA Network. They're going to have that two-hour spot. The people who who bought tickets for NXT tapings, uh, those tickets have been turned into NXT live events now for that for that first week and then the following week after it. Since it'll still, and that's another thing, it's going to be uh, moved from, uh, it's not going to be moved. It's going to stay at full sale, the same commentary team, the same everything. AEW is going to have the challenge of touring. They're doing kind of like what Raw and SmackDown are doing. NXT is just going to be in that same building like they've always been with the same cameras running. Just like I've said from the beginning, just turning it on to go live, which is what they needed to be doing. So, I mean, one of the benefits to this that I haven't heard anyone talk about, but I mean, I guess it's because it's obvious, is they're not going to have to worry about how they look on television. Because we know how Full Sail looks. We've seen Full Sail for years. The same people are there. They're going to fill up those seats. It's always going to look busy. It's always going to be successful. They're completely established. There's no way to mess this up. This is already yeah. a completely running, built, steered ship that's just going to be on a bigger network. So, I mean, that's that's definitely and it's starting two weeks earlier than anything else is being put up there. Yeah, the Full the full Sail crowd has always been a one-of-a-kind audience. They always have a blast. There's always regular faces. Like, I see Izzy and her parents all the time. So it's going to be cool to see the live TV, get to see how alive Full Sail is. Because there's sometimes where I feel like Full Sail has more energy to it than some of these huge arenas Raw and SmackDown goes to. Yeah, they definitely do. You know, I mean, we've seen sometimes when things are showing up. And Full Sail have been like, yeah, Stacey said it perfectly. They're like a family-friendly ECW crowd. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> They're as much a part of the show as the wrestlers are. Yeah, and that's great. You know, that's fantastic. That's and, pretty um, good. It's kind of funny you mentioned um, NXT because another um, recent podcast that Lillian, Lillian Garcia had, I guess it was the day after uh, TakeOver Toronto, she had Adam Cole on. And it was kind of funny. If you ever get a chance, take a listen to it because it's absolutely amazing. It's crazy hearing the stuff that Adams de- dealt with. First of all, it's amazing he was he hadn't had enough left him to do a podcast the day after that match. But it was kind of fun just to hear how things came to be, how he got to where he is now. The fact that his dad didn't originally support him when um when he was first wrestling because they had a bunch of issues with a family divorce and everything. But yeah, it's it makes that journey so much more cooler to see where he is now. Yeah, no, it definitely does. He, uh, yeah, he did talk a little bit about how he was helped in NXT and, um, you know, just some of the stuff that he went through. 
in NXT. And um, yeah, it's definitely cool. We're going to actually let you guys hear a clip of that and link you in the chat room. Who were your producers for the match? Yeah, so uh, uh, the two gentlemen involved were Michael Hayes and Shawn Michaels, uh, which again, Michael's great, brilliant. Normally he's involved in producing uh, my matches. Shawn Michaels is involved in every one of my matches. He's like uh, at the Performance Center. I go and I work with him directly. A bunch of us do. And he's he's kind of like a mentor for so many of us right now uh, at NXT. So he takes a... um, a liking or or make sure he has his hand in everything that we're doing. And lots of times the best thing about Sean is he lets us, it's not like he's going, this is what you should do. Yeah. He, he lets us kind of come up with what oh, we think okay. and he'll get excited about the stuff that we come up with. But then randomly, if we're stumped on something or we're like, oh, this would be cool, but we're not crazy about it. Yeah. He, in the matter of five seconds, will go, oh, what if you did this? Oh, and wow. it's amazing and so much better. So it's awesome to have those two yeah. there to, to pick their brains and kind of create they played a big part in creating what we created last night for right. sure yeah so yeah if you haven't listened to Lillian garcia's podcast chasing glory do yourself a favor because it's the one it's probably one of my favorite podcasts i listen to outside of this it's yeah it's absolutely amazing yeah, like, well, she, she you, gives those guys like full you, blown like when you say, introductions. Hold on. when you say it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to outside of this are you you mean us yeah, like I listen to this show too. This is like my favorite one. Heck, you lost it for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no. Is I, li- <laughs> I have like a hierarchy. Like if I'm going top three, it's Talk Brunch, Chasing Glory, and then uh, my friend who used to be a radio DJ down here named Jordan Silver. Her podcast. Those are probably the only three I actually listen to now. Cool, cool. <laughs> but not. Let me get that. <laughs> Let me get that Adam Cole link up there for everybody. You know why I was late with that? Because I didn't know you had that story. I had it too. I had all the pieces for it, but I I, I wasn't ready. So yeah. I wasn't ready. I'm like Santino. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. ready. But yeah, so, so yeah, yeah but, so, um, here's the, the link funny thing is, is it wasn't even like a, it wasn't even like planned that I was going to think about that. But just the fact that you mentioned NXT, it clicked and reminded me of it. So that was completely unplanned, people. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's it's kind of cool to know that Sean's had a hand in all of his matches because yeah. Adam has been putting on ridiculous matches since he's been in NXT. That finish to that to wherever that thing was at the end of three stages of hell was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, like, I, I, and, I, and like you know, that's the reason why. I mean, he didn't mention Michael Hayes as much, but Michael Hayes was also a part of. Michael Hayes isn't shy about making people do crazy shit. We know he's the one who, who helped them with the TLC matches. Yeah. <laughs> no, he ain't shy about it, man. <laughs> With Michael Hayes, the only restriction is if you might die. If you're not going to die, it's like, all right, cool. Let's do it. But yeah, it's, I mean, the run Cole's had since he's been in NXT, former, the first ever North American champion, technically since he was a part of that match, a former tag team champion, NXT champion, won the first war games. Like, Jeez, y- y'all yeah. almost have to y'all almost have to call him up because it ran out of stuff for him to do. On one hand, so and and that's an interesting thing. On one hand, that would be the old attitude that you got to call him up. But ask yourself: with all three shows on USA, is there really an up now? That's true. There's there, there's no calling up anymore. You know what I mean? Like like In, what would what would entail being called up? In fact. 
a reality, in fact, a reality I was thinking about when I was talking to a buddy today um, at work. The, we, we've had those rumors going on of 205 Live basically getting killed off. We've seen some of those cruiserweights on NXT. If they kill that show off, do you integrate that roster into NXT? Because it's going to be two hours. Yeah. You well, have room. There's only, what, four titles on that show? You could add the Cruiserweight Championship as another one. Yeah, and they are talking about 205 Live being cast. I'm also saying that it's he considers it a failed experiment and that uh, with this move, it's possible. We don't know that, though, 100%, though, simply because of the fact that... uh we're hearing that Fox Sports 1 is still going to be getting other WWE shows. According to Brad Shepard, he was saying that uh, they're going to be getting additional WWE programming. They won't be getting NXT because it went to USA, but they're going to be getting some additional programming. So, you know, you got to look at it that way. Where uh, there There is a lot of stuff going on in regards to uh, the different brands where I don't think there's really like an up or down anymore. Even Edge recently on his own podcast brought that up edge and christian were talking about what this means and uh i'm going to link you guys to the full episode and would like you to hear that it's, it's coming to this because hey it's vincent wwe and if you start up a promotion we are going to try and run you out of town <laughs> but I, th- I think that does up everybody's game what do you for think? sure competition is healthy i mean it is and you know um it, it like I said, it keeps everybody on their toes. It keeps everybody sharp. It keeps you know when the, and, and the people that are going to win. And I've said it before in the past that are going to win in all of this is the fans because they're gonna yeah. they're they're gonna get some really really great content as far as wrestling goes going forward. So yeah, that's a huge jump also for NXT to to, to come off the WWE network and and onto uh, you know um, cable television. That's huge. And you're thinking about where where NXT started from, basically kind of a reality type show that was I don't even remember what it was yeah. on. To be honest with you, it might have been on USA or Sci-Fi or something like that. Um, but like to to to, to see where then you know kind of moved to where FCW was in in, in Tampa and then down at the PC and then to be in the Full Sail University and then onto the network and you know just the quality of, of performers that have come out of there. And what they've built it into now. And, and you see that it's a legit third brand, and that's exciting. Yeah, and, and I think that finally makes it feel, you know, to, right. to everyone. Like, it is it is now a third brand. It's it's not this, you know, are you going to go up to the main roster? Because we've talked about that. I've never liked that. You've never liked that. To me, it's a, it's right. a lateral shift. But now it really solidifies that idea. Um, what will be interesting is... A lot of those talents are used to tape shows. Live is way different. And it is different. they go from an hour to two hours. And mm-hmm. to me, one of the things I loved about NXT is that it was an hour because you, you couldn't, if you got ADD, you're not going to, you, you'll be able to focus through that hour probably. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and it, yeah. it's just enough time to not overexpose anything, but to expose enough. And, and that to me is kind of the biggest question mark. What I hope is, that if there's talent that are spinning their wheels and can do so much more, like an Apollo Cruz, like a Cesaro, uh, right. so many people, uh, let them go to NXT, man, and let them shine yeah. and let them do their thing. That, to me, is how you can fill up those two hours. That, to me, is how you can use those guys to teach the younger folks, okay, this is live TV. This is how this works. Um, 
And I think that that's the key. And in terms of AEW, I mean, it, what's super exciting about that is we have no idea what it's even going to look like. Right. Like it, it yeah. what format, like, how are they going to do promos? How are they like, there's so many fun things to just as a fan sit and watch and see exciting yeah. stuff, man. They can. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. There's so much yeah. unknown here. So. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that it's a wonderful time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. And I think what he said about AEW resonated quite a bit. We are only going by what we've seen them do at these special events. We don't know what this thing is going to look like when that button hits live. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be that. That's going to be interesting. The first time that you're going to be seeing it's basically history in the making. You know, you're going to be seeing this whole thing launched and uh, just how the intro is and stuff. It's going to be all fresh, which is what they need right now. We need fresh. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah, that's gonna. No, we, we need fresh. We don't need cold lunchables. We need fresh. Yeah, no, that first week is gonna be really exciting, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, like, think I'm, about it. I'm gonna be so drained in the best way possible. <laughs> this is this is like a reboot of of your life, oh you God. know. And um, just in case you're not drained enough by the end of that week, which you're gonna be going into a, uh, you know, the new Tuesday, Tuesday of nothing, really going to be going to the Wednesday Night Wars and the Friday Smackdown on Fox. Don't forget, you're going to be going into the October of Comic-Con and the return of Walking Dead. Oh, dear God, I almost forgot about that. Jesus. Oh, yeah. The beginning of October is the apocalypse, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's all going to wind down just in time for you to be able to play WWE 2K20 and whatever new Call of Duty and other shit is coming out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Funny thing is, there was a game. I don't know if you've heard about it. I'm trying to remember for the life of me what it is. Minor segue. Some game where I guess like you're playing it's like a chimpanzee or something. You're trying to survive, like in like like it. it it's like it's one of those things where I guess it's like back in like prehistoric times or something. And if I can remember what the game is, I'll tell you. But it's like it looks like something I would play because anybody who knows me as a gamer, I play some off the wall stuff like. My my game collection is all over the place. It looks like something I might play, and I think it's supposed to be coming out pretty soon. Was it overhead? It wasn't overhead. Um, it was the first of all. The game looks gorgeous. Like that's that's the first thing to note. Um, it's called Ancestors: of The Humankind Odyssey. Nah, I definitely never heard of that. Yeah, it's um, it looks interesting. Like it genuinely looks like something where I could see it. First of all, it looks like the game is huge. That's the biggest thing I've been hearing about is that the game is absolutely massive. It looks like there's going to be a lot to it. So I'm hoping for something good. Yeah, we'll definitely add it to the streaming library if there is. Yeah, if I can, if I ever find, if I find a trailer, I'll shoot it your way and we'll see what you think. But it's. Yeah. All right. Well, Triple H also spoke a little bit about what this move meant for him. Hunter, big news coming out today about NXT and going live on Wednesdays. I want to take you back to May 2012, the very first episode taped at Full Sail. Can you kind of describe these last seven years and what it took to get up to this point? Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy journey of something that I don't think most people thought would ever happen. But this was kind of the vision of it. Um, you know, from starting out uh, with a partnership with Full Sail University and having to bring in main roster stars to get us to be able to have enough people to put the show on week to where they got to the point where they didn't want to see those main roster stars and to where we stopped calling it main roster uh, because NXT, you know, becoming white hot when we didn't even have a distribution home for it. 
you know, it was seen internationally here in the U.S. It was just in clips. Um, we were the first live show on the WWE Network. NXT Arrival was the very first sort of takeover that we did, and it was of the network. It was so something live could go on the network. So very first live product seen on the WWE. A year after that, we were selling out not just Full Sail University, but selling out the Barclays Center for takeovers. Um, over that journey, selling out all over the globe, selling out live events all over the globe, takeover after takeover after takeover, and now the opportunity to go on the number one uh, network in cable television in the USA and be happier, be more proud. I said it in the beginning, that their brand. That's why we hashtagged it, we are. You know, as good as NXT is now, it's only going to get better. This this is going to expose a side of that people haven't been to see. And tell you this about it, as excited as everybody is about this moment, this is the start, the destiny. Look forward to that day on live on the world NXT. That, that brand has come such a long way. Yeah. And it's like, look at the names that have come out of there. Like, I mean, for God's sakes, with Neville, Bo Dallas, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, just name after name has come out of that place. And now they're finally on, well, at least... Now, for the entire wrestling world's eyes, now they're going to be on that same level when they um get bumped up. Yeah, which is good, you know, and I, and it seems like they're not going to be micromanaged like was originally reported. Yeah, which was is the best thing for them. Literally, you just send them out there and let them fight. That's always been the best thing about NXT. You never felt like that. Just picking and picking and picking. It was always let us just go and let us fight, and then let us see what happens afterwards. Yeah. I mean, for God's sake, look at freaking Mia Yim. The girl got her first takeover world title shot and almost killed it. Like, she, and one thing I've liked it, like, and Ring of always, Honor, you know? Yeah. One thing I've always liked it, um, you see in NXT, even the way they handle jobbers. Jobbers get theme music in NXT. I, if, if Raul Mendoza came out right now, I'd know it was him because I've heard his music so many times. Nowhere else do you see that happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, um, yeah, like I said, this entire thing is moving everything around. It's being taken very seriously, despite the way we heard that they were saying that AEW was a non-threat before. How the hell did we wind up here? <laughs> you know what I mean? If this thing's such a, like, not happening, then what, what the hell am I hallucinating? You know, like, this, <laughs> this is very much happening. Um, it's funny because Mark Henry spoke a little bit about it on Busted Open Radio. Remember, we talked about, we, we played a drop of Mark Henry on here before. Where he talked about what well, he kind of called that this is the way the direction was going to go. I'm going to link you. I want you guys to hear this. Thinking back to what Jericho said on the show yesterday, and he said this quote unquote, if you want to call it that, war really began when he joined AEW, and because of that, Vince is going to make this a war. Do you think that this was inevitable? Without a shadow of a doubt, because Vince looks at wrestling as being his, and if you try to take something that belongs to him, he's going to cut your hand off. I agree. Reach in my plate while I'm eating and see what happens to your hand. I'm going to stab you in the top of your hand with a fork. That's Vince. Wrestling is his plate. And you are reaching into his plate. And you know what? I think Vince loves the fact that someone's trying to reach into his plate. I know he does. I don't know anybody that likes to fight and be a tough guy more than him. And sometimes you could do it with your fist or you could do it with a pencil. And Vince could do it with both. I think Jericho's right in that the first big chess move was him going to AEW. And Chris is not just saying that because he's trying to be the heel, but he's also reminding the company 
who brought you to the dance? You're paying me, but I'm earning my money. Look where we are. I told you it was going to be a fight. I told you it was going to be a battle. I told you it was going to be a war. And here we are fighting. And Chris knows what it's going to take to win because he's been on the opposite side of the coin. Yep. On both sides. And nobody's taking the chance like Chris Jericho is. So you going to tell me a man like Chris Jericho is, is taking a chance like he did going to AEW that he doesn't want to win this fight? Man, I wouldn't bet against Chris Jericho. If I'm a betting man, I'm putting my money on Chris Jericho and AEW because of Chris Jericho, Mark. I think AEW is the one that, and Cody was the brainchild of what do you create and what do you want to do because the opportunity for another wrestling show was there. So who would who would be the guy that would bring the polarizing fire to this company? And they got Chris Jericho. He's he's Joe Montana leaving the 49ers and going to the Chiefs. And taking them to the championship yep, game. Yep, and taking them to the championship game. And then on Monday Night Football, beating Steve Young in the 49ers. That's exactly who he is. Yeah, I mean, he makes a good point. It Things kicked into high gear the moment the news broke that Jericho was going to AEW. Yeah, that was a big deal. Kenny Omega like that, also, like, but the Jericho thing, just it, it sort of legitimized them in the mainstream eyes, you know? Yeah. Then at that point, realistically, you couldn't deny that this just got serious when the guy who they bring back a thousand times and I always go, oh, he's the first undisputed champion, nine-time IC champion, and now we have this new company. He says, hey, I want to go wrestle here. Mm-hmm. Like it, That's the moment it kicked into high gear. Like You don't even get to doubt anything after that because Jericho's not dumb. We yeah. all know this. But they He's took that the very personally. You noticed that they took that very personally. They ru- they completely scrubbed him from from everything oh, that yeah. they possibly could afterwards. That that they, that was their reality check, and they didn't like it. Yeah, nah, you can tell that they, that that burned them because some people have departed, and they'll still feature them. But the fact that they said, you know what, we're not going to have him on the intro, or you know, we're not even allowed to say Cold Breaker. That that to me, somebody got salty. Oh yeah, you know which. Uh, these things happen exactly you know and uh yeah so that's that sort of uh where that that sort of opens the possibility of smackdown being hurt by the entire move Meltzer was talking about how if the ratings aren't good fox is going to be upset but they're confident that the ratings are going to be good and they're not upset right now can they get upset yes they can if if this thing let's just say that smackdown live does a solid two million viewers every week he doesn't think that they paid that amount of money expecting two million. Uh, so he said that, you know, if you go in there and you think about how you have Monday and Wednesday and there are people who are watching three hours on Monday and then on Wednesday there's five hours, then by the time Friday comes, uh, you want to go out and have fun. That might play into it and negatively impact SmackDown. So keep in mind that they're considering having a third hour of programming, which to me, I don't understand why the hell 205 Live needs to be canceled if you're adding a third hour to your SmackDown block. But the problem is that, so you're going to have people watch Raw, and I guess Tuesday they take a break. Wednesday they have the Wednesday Night Wars. So that's four hours of wrestling, which is even bigger than Raw. And then uh they take a break. And then Friday you get three hours of SmackDown. And then I guess you take another break. And then there's the Sunday is the, hopefully there's not a pay-per-view. 
<laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> so every other day. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh God! Imagine how much that would. Imagine how much of a deal that had to deal be with if there was a takeover. Oh dear God! Oh yeah. I cry by the time Sunday gets there. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's not. You haven't even. You're not even. This is the calm before the storm, my friend. Like. I'm afraid. It takes me sure. like sometimes three, four times as long to put this show together. And I now move about eight, nine times as fast as I did two years ago for being used to stuff because there's just that much more details and information going around. There's like a hundred times. Think about back when we were doing this and the main thing that you could uh, talk about was WWE really. What were we talking about? WWE and making fun of TNA. And then talking yeah. about Ring of Honor whenever they had a cool final battle in New Japan, you know, in the, the Wrestle Kingdoms. But it wasn't like now where it's like the wrestling boom that Jeff Jarrett predicted has come true just without GFW. Yeah. So here is the future. Jarrett and his man tit force wrestling. Yeah. It's very possible, though, that by the time people get to Fridays, not only will they have wrestling fatigue from now having consumed three hours of SmackDown, four hours of Wednesday Night Wars, but it's Friday. You know, Friday's a really bad day to tell somebody to be seated for fucking three hours. Exactly. If there's not a drink in my hand, I'm not in a bar surrounded by bitches, I'm probably not sitting there all that long. You know, Friday's has always been considered like a graveyard for shows to go. So I'm surprised that they even accepted that. And it's not the first time, though. Let's not forget 2011. SmackDown was quite successful on Fridays on the USA Network. I mean, JBL used to say, we fought on Friday night. Remember that? Yeah, I, I remember um, the first SmackDown I went to was the last time they went to, they went to Friday night for the first time. It used to be Friday night SmackDown, but you know, for a while, those Friday night SmackDowns were taped on Tuesdays. They just didn't have a live spot. Yeah, the, <laughs> ironic, the, the irony, that was the night I figured out that they filmed them on Tuesdays. I never knew SmackDown was taped until that moment. That's hilarious. Now we've always and I was like, I was like, what the fuck are we doing SmackDown's always been taped on Tuesdays, and then you get it a couple of days later when it was on Thursdays or Fridays. I, I, I wish you could have seen my look when here I am sitting at home on Friday night. Like, what the fuck? Is this a rewind? What? Ha- what? This Tuesday I- block that it's in is the first time ever that it's been consistently live on a block. And it's because it's where they've always been. So anytime you've seen SmackDown's actually never been on Tuesdays, which is funny because it's always happened on Tuesdays. When you look back all the years of, since SmackDown was created, it was always a Thursday or a Friday show. It was taped pretty much your whole life. It's only been live like very recently if you think about when they just moved to Tuesdays. So now this is the first time that they're actually moving. You know what I mean? Like this is the first time that the people who do the wrestling and the teams and the staff and production are going to be doing a SmackDown on a Friday. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it'll be live on a Friday. So so that's going to be interesting to uh, to see how it goes. But I think that people are going to get wrestling fatigue. I used to feel that way back when SmackDown was on Fridays. Taped or not, it was Friday Night SmackDown for me. That being said, there were a lot of uh, days where I would not watch. It would be Sunday Night SmackDown for me. Sometimes Sunday Morning Serial SmackDown. You know, because I don't feel feel on Friday or Saturday, (laughs) like putting up with it because of Raw. So it became literally like sometimes it was Sunday, got up too early. May as well put on SmackDown, you know. Uh, sometimes it became Monday 6 p.m. SmackDown. Oh my God. You know, just making it into Raw. 
because I know I had to do the show. So, I mean, you know, you procrastinate because you don't really want to watch that much wrestling. And back then, you didn't have to worry about all this shit. Now you have shows piling on top of shows, and they want to sacrifice a Friday to this? <laughs> We're going to have to see how this turns out. I really think that the focus is going to ironically turn out to be the Wednesday stuff. Everyone's yeah. curious about what's going to happen Wednesdays to NXT, which is going to be new for a lot of people who don't have the WWE or AEW that's going to be freshly new. Like, I think really everything's going to focus on that. That's the future. Yeah. Literally, the future is now. You know, that was the, that was the original slogan, right? Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully SmackDown doesn't suffer. And if they do, there's not even a place that they can go. Where are they going to go back to Tuesdays? <laughs> now it's getting a little bit crowded. <laughs> yeah. But Jim Ross did one of his podcasts, The Grillin' JR, where he just talks about what's going on in the world. And he talked a little bit about what's happening in these Wednesday Night Wars, which I want you guys to hear. And I'm linking you to the whole thing. I'm not surprised. You know, knowing Vince as well as I do and, and uh, working with him so closely as I did for over a quarter of a century, uh, you know, he, he to lay back and let AEW grow independently and freely was never going to happen. Uh, he feels threatened for some crazy reason. Uh, and I think that's what that's interesting to me. You know, I saw I've seen on, on Twitter where. Well, uh, AEW started all this because Cody, uh, busted up a, a prop, a, a, a throne or something. And the Bucks did something. And so, you know, hey, it's, it, I, I can see where the point was made, but I don't know that there was ever any gun, gunshots of each other. Uh, but it didn't surprise me. Competition is good. Uh, well, it's going to be, it's like a, it's like a football scrim. It's good, good versus good. Uh, we'll be, be very happy to compete. We knew it was going to be a competition all along. We all knew that it wasn't going to be an easy role. But at no time in my interview process or my uh, short experience since March with Tony Khan and AEW, have I heard one person ever say, uh, oh, that we're, we're going to get the WWE on this one. Oh, WWE is not going to It's never been brought up. It's brought up online. It's brought up in the, in the wrestling media. Uh, and I, I just see that when Vince moved NXT off his own network, that's streaming, I've been a loyal subscriber to the WWE network since the day it started. And I was very happy to be around. We're going to talk about this a little bit today. Some of the ideas we had on that network and acquiring libraries, but man, I'll tell you, Conrad, I, I, uh, uh, it tells us all we need to know that is WWE aware and, 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 um, cautious about the uh, development of AEW? Well, the answer is obviously yes. Should they be? I don't really know if they should be or not. Because uh, no one is going to supplant WWE as the number one sports entertainment company in the, on, in the world. That's just the way that it is. Big head start, great infrastructure, there's power in numbers, and they got the numbers. But it's irrelevant. The goal of AEW is to provide a great product to lapsed and, uh, uh, wrestling fans among others with a athletically based old school oriented, uh, product and to make more importantly, to make a profit for the con family. So that has, and to me, that's where it's all about. It's us. It's all about us and not about them using pronouns here in a tongue in cheek way. Uh, so I, I'm not surprised. Uh, I wouldn't expect any less. And, uh, 
and, and, and this just shows you, but you know, USA paid a lot of money for the rights fees. And so now they're getting a little bit more cheese on our Whopper and, and it should motivate all of our guys. Our guys should see this as a challenge. They should see this as a, a very competitive challenge. And are you ready to play? All I give a damn about is how well our show's going to be uh, on uh, in, in in Chicago at All Out. That's all I care about. That night, that show, period. Nothing farther, nothing behind, just that. And I think if everybody has that attitude, uh, we'll have a great showing on uh, in, in Chicago. And we'll also build some more momentum going into uh, the first Wednesday night in October. So uh, bring it on. Bring it on. Let's compete. Uh, and hopefully we won't, we won't break down into some uh, uh, Mickey Mouse infantile uh, bullshit but on, on either side. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want any Mickey Mouse infantile bullshit. I've never heard of it before, but it sounds like I don't want it. God, Mickey Mouse infantile BS. That one? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Give me a sec. <laughs> I like how JR, JR, older JR has that edge to him, man. You know right. That? Like older JR just has that edge. Where older JR just stopped caring. Like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I like how real he is. <laughs> listen to him like jr i remember jr younger attitude era jr and, and he he wasn't like that he was a little bit less intimidating than he is now like this man is fearless when he has something to say <laughs> and he still he still reigns it in you know what i mean he's classy about it it's not like uh i hate to say it, but it's not like brett who brett will just fire at you you know brett puts his foot in his mouth and then twists his buddy. yeah like brett just fires at people he doesn't care anymore he wants to see the world burn like at this point, you know, the, the most ex- the most exciting feature I'm I'm waiting for that was actually just recently announced in 2K20. You're going to get a special tower called the Brett Hates Your Rating Tower. Yeah, it's going right. to be everybody in the game whose whose rating is higher than Brett, and it's not even going to be a match. It's going to be Brett going his rating should be higher than mine. He's not the wrestler I am. He's not the skills. Test your salt. <laughs> the salty tower. There you go. You know, is that it? Did we already make it? Test your salt. Test your salt. There we go. That's the one. Good lord. Test your might. Test your salt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying Mortal Kombat 12. We got another mobile. <laughs> oh boy. So, uh, I guess what, what, what was going on here? AEW apparently congratulated uh, NXT on uh, yeah. moving to the USA oh. Network. Is that what this is that I'm looking at? I think so. Let me bring this up on the screen. So, you, oh, is that Jericho that did that? Figures, it figures. I was like, that, that makes a little bit more sense to me now that I'm seeing that. Even though that's I mean, Jericho's wrestling NXT before, so I mean, yeah. Look at what he did there. Congrats to NXT for making the big move to the USA Network. Runners always race faster when somebody is right behind them. Gonna be fun to see which which team the world decides to join. Hashtag choose Jericho, and then he tags AEW <laughs> and AEW on TNT. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, it's interesting. It's funny how we've never really had this kind of direct stuff. Like, it's now direct. You know yeah. what I mean? Before, it was, it was like, even in the old Monday Night Wars, if you look at it, there were direct shots only every now and then. It's funny how entwined these companies are all with one another now. So it's like they can't do anything about it. Exactly. <laughs> it's too late. You know, it did become they're a straight they're, up war. They're neighbors and nobody can afford to move. Yeah, no. It's, uh, you know, they're out there. They're definitely out there. Let me oh, share yeah. that to you guys in the chat room who want to see. <laughs> Let's see that. Oh, Jericho congratulating. 
What a guy. Cody Rhodes spoke to Bleacher Report, and he's quoted as saying, I think the most important night in all of wrestling is now Wednesday nights. The best wrestling is going to be happening on Wednesday nights. It's Destination TV. And when's the last time wrestling was Destination TV? It's now must-watch. And I'm I'm not going to complain about that wrestling fans now have a choice, and I hope they choose us. I'm oddly intrigued to see what Vince McMahon does with NXT. My dad was instrumental in building the NXT brand for a long time. It has been a, a developmental project. For Vince to now bring it to the USA Network as if it's a full brand, I'm just intrigued by it. So, yeah, you can see what's going to happen with it. I think it can survive as a full brand. There's no reason to believe that oh, it, has, sure. it, it can't survive as a full brand because there, of, there's there's been times where they've been, they've had double weekends, and let's be real, Takeover has smashed Raw and SmackDown when it comes to that weekend. They'll be just fine. Yeah, like there are tons of things that that had no. Come on, TNA was able to do this, even though sometimes it didn't come on or it was like wrong, or they had like the Windows Ten screen over it. It came so they on. Had task manager all the time, you know, or the task manager or whatever, you know, things that don't even happen here. Somebody <laughs> was watching PewDiePie on YouTube. You know, but it's it's just uh, like they can put together a television. Not only do they know big time television, but they've been around the indies. They're in bed with Evolve. They even knew back in the day about ECW. You know, it's not like they haven't been to other indie shows. They've raided the indie talent. That's how we got here. They know what it takes. They'll be fine. They you joined the raid long before the war ready showed up. You think that people who don't watch MMA look at like the octagon, like if they see Beltor or if they see like a. Uh, I don't know what else other shit there is. If they see something lower than that, they're not going to know too much of what the quality difference is as far as uh, notoriety and stuff like that. To them, it's, it's it's whatever. So, I mean, taking that when you look at casual people who don't watch wrestling, they're not going to look at NXT and see a developmental brand. There's no reason for them to see that because it, it just looks like wrestling. The same way someone who who doesn't know UFC from Bellator or whatever, they're just going to see MMA. They see two guys fighting. It's like, you're, they're not going to look at it and be like, hey, these guys are rookies or these guys are developmental. Like, that would make no sense. Why? There's never been a point in the NXT show where they've referred to themselves that way. No. You know, so no. I think it'll just look like what it looks like, more wrestling and good wrestling. So I don't, I don't really see it having that stigma unless they were to try to push it that way, which would be stupid. I don't think that they're going to do that. You know, they're going to try to push it like if it's a big deal. They're going up against AEW, right? So it'd be foolish for them to even try to present it as a developmental brand. They don't have you a know. choice. Not They don't have a choice but to push it like that. You know, and he certainly can't be talking about the wrestlers that are part of this brand when he's saying uh, that it's a developmental project. Because there are people in that brand right now that are, like, renowned, you know, like, worldly renowned. Like, if you look at Adam Cole. And, Still uh, to this day, holding the record for the most ROH World Championship you know, runs. If you look at like Red Dragon and people that they have there, they have like serious talent in in uh, NXT right now. Yeah. Shayna Baszler, even there's not fake talent in there, or uh, there's not developmental talent in there. And I've kind of complained about this in the past, which is ironic. It's coming full circle. I always said that to me, NXT was supposed to be a developmental brand, but at the end of the day, it never really lived up to that standard. It became a brand that housed a lot of indie wrestlers. And I've said this for a long time that although there are cases of us seeing the, de- the developmental system working, if you will, there's a lot more cases of it just being indie guys that they swept up and put through that process that came out the other side, which were already good, you know? So 
it's kind of hard for me to even look at it as a developmental brand because to me, I never have. Most of the people are from the Indies that have been world champions for years, like in RH and New Japan. Who the hell's yeah. developmental in there? Sure, there are some people, but for the most part, NXT has always been an indie brand. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, pretty much. Most of their talent has not been in-house. Not the big talent that they have. Certainly not the talent that they have now. The whole Raw and SmackDown rosters are covered in Ring of Honor and New Japan talent right now. From top to bottom. Who's developmental talent there? Seth Rollins? Tyler Black from Ring of Honor? AJ Styles? <laughs> who the hell's... Who, who the, you know what I mean? Like, when you really look at it. Kevin Owens? Sami Zayn? Finn Balor? Who right now have they developed? The Kofi. Only one really, realistically, is Bray Wyatt. Kofi. <laughs> you know that which is cool because the world champion right now yeah the b team they they developed the b teams this is right you know but when you well, really look at it the guys who are in all the storylines and are like mixing it up and all these crazy things are happening they they all have been world champions in other places long before they came here so yeah there's a well, developmental thing going on there but that's certainly not what the nxt brand has ever defined itself to me as no way in even in, even in the breakout tournament a lot of those guys were not like developmental those were guys that were coming from the indies yeah so like i said the the wednesday night wars vince mcmahon fortifying the troops getting everything ready this is something that uh that we're seeing happening and now you know what's happening on the wwe well the aew side of things somewhat is what's coming up next because we just did wwe so we're hearing that they didn't sell out the tv tapings unfortunately dave Meltzer said that the the uh there were no sellouts in either market. They did 4,000 or something like that in Charleston. Uh, and that's what a, about what Pittsburgh would do. Pittsburgh did 6,000 when Raw was there. So 4,000 first try is going to be hard. It's going to be interesting. That's what he said. And, uh, according to Brad Shepard, uh, he said that the AEW show in Washington DC wasn't sold out and that, uh, a broker bought thousands of tickets for the show to resell them on demand. Uh, but the demand for the tickets was so low that uh, he was wound up selling them at a loss. So the ticket sales are not selling out. I wouldn't take that as a terrible sign. Um, Some people will jump for joy. They're like, oh, they're failing. They're, no, no. Yeah, because Melissa was saying that the scalpers were ready like crazy for the TV, for the TV tapings and the percentage of the tickets for all three of the shows, DC, Boston, and Philadelphia. A lot of scalper tickets as far as Boston. They're getting triple face value. So Boston is a very successful market after they hoarded those tickets and Philadelphia is very successful. It's above, but not anything triple or anything like that. And the DC is tanking this 4,700 secondary tickets, uh, out there. So, I mean, at the time, we don't know what happened since, you know. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Like I said, we'll update you guys next week on what's going to happen with the ticket sales because I've heard that before, and then the next week the tickets were sold out, so just give it a little time. Yeah, we still got time for the TV taping, so. And, uh, yeah, TNT, you know, as you guys know, StarCast 3 is coming up. That's Conrad Thompson's deal, I believe, right? It's almost like a little, it's like a, you could say it's a wrestling convention almost, right? Pretty much. A lot of big names show up. You get to meet and greet with them. So, yeah. Um, Conrad during the uh, 
the StarCast 3 Meteor call spoke about TNT's presence being there since their AEW's channel. And he basically said that he does know that they're going to be involved and that they're going to have some display. And they'll have staff and folks there. And that if they need permission to film, it's granted. And if they're listening now, uh, they're welcome to film. He anticipated that this is going to be another way to get the word out about their new television show. And he wants to be a good partner to those folks. And he would suspect that they'll have quite a big crowd. So he looks forward to working with some of them next week. And uh, this is potentially the final star cast because in that same conference call, Conrad was quoted as saying that uh, he's really only doing one thing on the wrestling stage outside of podcasting, and that's the convention. And this is the last one that he has scheduled. And, of course, um, they've had AEW represented all of these events, and he would like for that to continue. And he's done good terms with both sides. And obviously, he's very good friends with Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff. And his sister-in-law works there. And he's got a lot of friends in WWE. And obviously, that's the same with AEW. And he ha- and he doesn't have uh, any aspirations of working with a wrestling company. And he's content doing his full-time gig, which is mortgages. And he still does podcasts. And he has a great time doing them. But this is really the only sort of tiptoeing he has to do is StarCast. And he knows, he said, after this after the first one but this is the last one he has scheduled he said he doesn't have a hold on another building and uh he knew when he was doing vegas that he was doing chicago but he doesn't have anything like that up his sleeve right now so he thinks after this of course plans can change as he says on his show all the time but he thinks after this he's just gonna stick to podcasting for a while and right now he's got uh two guys on the wwe side and two on the AEW, and it's just him and arn anderson so him and arn anderson are kind of switzerland right now he guesses Oh, interesting way to put it. Yeah, it, everything's everything's crazy now. Like, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Golden Boy apparently is going to be announcing for AEW. He's someone from E Commentary. He's also an announced on Rock Show, The Titan Games. So he's going to be part of uh, AEW's commentary now. Here's the official announcement linked to you for you. They're also going, TNT is going to be airing an All Elite special Friday, October 30th at 10 p.m. It's going to be an hour-long special that's going to sort of introduce AEW. We spoke about this before, but just reminding you guys, that'll be like the sort of the prologue going into it. And uh, according to Dave Meltzer, AEW's numbers as far as how much they're making, depending on ad splits, which are driven by number a number of factors, ratings being the most important. Um, so they'll make good money with good ratings, but with bad ratings, they do have a bottom that's a guarantee that's still a good deal, even if it's lower ratings. It won't be as good as the USA deal for NXT if their ratings are low, but it's still a good deal. As long as it's a good deal. Yeah. And uh, Kenny Omega is going to be wrestling back for his original federation of DDT. That's quite a big, big deal for them. Get one of the old boys back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Omega, um, that's definitely somebody who you want to have in your company, you know? Exactly. Like WWE become... wanted him, and they managed still because they didn't get him. Yeah, they are salty, right? They got they got Kenny O'Envy instead of Kenny Omega. <laughs> Kenny O'Envy. They real. I mean, they pretty much offered them the world. It's just that they wanted to do their own thing, you know? At the end of the day, you can't, uh, you can't bottleneck these guys creatively and i think that's what their biggest fear was that's what it came down to freedom total freedom and creativity to do their own thing you can't really put a price on that versus working having to work for somebody and uh i think that they saw and they acknowledged that so they said screw this we're out of here 
you know, but they almost went, wrong. you know, they spoke about how they, they almost went to WWE. Yeah, but they saw the light and it was like, wait a minute, they don't want these guys so they, they, they can succeed. They want them so nobody else can succeed with them. Yeah, pretty much. Which isn't but, the way to go. But DDT hasn't really been in the spotlight for a long, long time, even though they have nah. wrestling going on over there. Not at all. You know, they just sort of been left out of the uh, thing. I couldn't even tell you what their last or first pay-per-view is. I, I'm completely out of the loop when it comes to them. You know, I remember them when they had Marafuji there, which I don't think he's there anymore, right? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but Kenny Omega is going to be wrestling a match. Do we know who this match is against? Let me see if I can look at this. What does it say we got going on here? DDP Pro? No, it just says Kenny Omega returns to DDP. It has a little AEW logo. That's pretty cool. This is where you can find them. Just see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, we're hearing Dustin Rhodes wants to open a wrestling school. They'll call it the... Wait, man, fuck. Oh, man, I don't even know what they would call it. That's... He spoke to Steel Chair Magazine. He's quoted as saying, I've not spoken... Uh, I've not spoken to him about it, but I will have one one day. AW on TNT is exciting. Glad to be along for the ride and to pass on my knowledge to the ones that want help. Dustin could be an interesting trainer to have, you know, running a school like that. Yeah, they'll teach you how to wrestle when you're 50, like you're 20. Yeah. It's called the Fountain of Youth Wrestling School. Yeah, there was something. <laughs> I've seen him live doing that, dude. Like, I, I went to a Raw when it was him and Cody as a tag team. Not the Stardust, but the regular Cody and him. Like, I was at a roar during that. Incredible. The dude moves so much better than he has any, but any business doing. Like, it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, we're also hearing that they're actually planning an, uh, some sort of an AEW video game, possibly. That would be awesome. Yeah, I want it. Right. Who do you think could develop it? That's, that, ooh, I, that, I don't know. Oh, well, as long as it's not Bethesda. But I mean, oh. <laughs> Man, you're really holding that fallout against them, huh? You should be worried oh, about... Oh, I'll never forgive them. You should be worried about Bioware. I feel like they're the ones who really let us down. I mean, at least... At least... Well, I, I, just, I tried. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Actually, now that I think about it, I got, I got one now. At least whenever Anthem got an update, it didn't put old bugs from day one back in the game. Yes, Bethesda, I heard about it. I mean, at least Anthem was pretty. Fallout 76 just... It looked worse every update. Like, and especially yeah. after we played Generation Zero. Like, yeah, there, there's no excuse. No, there really is no excuse. It's aggravating like, that uh, they weren't able to do that. But let's not segue too far into uh, into the video games here. I know one day people will be like, why don't you guys do a gaming podcast? No. Hashtag gamers ball. Never forget. But no. <laughs> Good God, that's an Easter egg and a half. <laughs> uh, those are the hotspot days. Remember those days? <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, it would be interesting to see who would do that again. Like, it would if they did an AEW game, it would have to. I, I would just hope, anyway, as long as there's somebody who's good when it comes to making their games, I would be okay with it. I'd enjoy it. It would be actually really cool to see. Just not the people who did Thunder. How about that? Oh God, no! Was that the <laughs> one where everybody runs to the runs to the ring the same? No, that's the one where they all look really weird. Like I. I I, I don't want to look at Thunder right now. Like, I, don't make me bring up a clip of Thunder on a, <laughs> oh, I wasn't, believe on me. a precious show. 
But um, here's a little bit of confirmation about the AEW game. You can take it for what it is. This week on the BT Mailbag, a uh, question asks, will AEW ever have a video game? Yep. I'm asked, which match do you think will steal the show? <laughs> that well, that's pretty <laughs> Let's be real. From those guys, that's the only confirmation we need. They don't need to. They don't. They, whenever they make a big announcement, they don't need to draw it out. They just go. Yeah, but it, it would be cool. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you guys. That's from being the elite. I'm going to actually link you guys to it so that you have the entire episode up there. I'm trying to keep up with all of the links that we're dropping into the chat room today. I know there's a whole boatload of them, right? That would be an. Oh, that would be quite a roster. Ooh, it would be Pentagon Junior's video game debut. Yes. <laughs> Aside from the creator wrestlers. Yeah, which I mean, I'm not even gonna lie. Some of you guys out there, and I think the one that one of the ones I have is from Dre41, who we always shout out all the time. Some of these Pentagon Juniors look amazing. Yeah, yes. But it would be really cool to have the real thing. Exactly. And honestly, with with 2K having the the their claws on that engine, I don't know unless somebody was to just directly rip it. I really don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of a. it's kind of a hard one to say who would get that and who could really do good with that. Yeah. But uh, the only No Mercy, the No Mercy guys, what the hell was the name of that team that makes the No Mercy games that everyone loved from the Uh, inside? Was it THQ or Use? Was it the same people? I mean, maybe they could do something in, in uh, in the wake of that engine, but maybe somehow modernize it you know because obviously as much as people praise no mercy it doesn't really stand the test of time in my opinion the way a lot of no. other games do that doesn't mean it wasn't a great engine at the time and it doesn't have a lot of cool elements but what if someone tried to make the aw game a modern version of that you know yeah maybe whoever um i'd almost say maybe ea sports because i mean you've seen from when we've done streams of um, the u the, the ufc games look beautiful Maybe you get those guys in on it, like it would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's what they need. They need a good, solid team for it, man. I think, I think, I think. Now I think about it, if I if I would reach out to anybody, it would be some of the guys who had involved involvement with the EA Sports UFC games. Because ever since that first one popped up, like the games get better looking, more better looking every year. Mm-hmm. So there was a a bit in other AEW news with so much AEW news that see that's why we're on here so long even with just two of us so there was a bit that they did in the beginning of the latest episode of being the elite uh where they were ordering room service and uh basically uh nick jackson uh is asking if this should be a new series so i'm gonna let you guys see this and tell me what you think Yo, what up? Hangman. What's up? You hungry, man? Hell yeah, yeah. You wanna come to our room, get some room service? In in New York City. Oh, we're at the Hilton, yeah. Here. Okay, yeah, I'm there too. Alright, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll come down, yeah. Alright, man. See you then. Alright, see you then. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Hey, what's going on? I wanna order some food. I'm so happy that you happen to be in New York City at the same time as us. What a coincidence. Same yeah. hotel and everything. Same hotel. I'm really struggling through the cell with that dressing. Like, 
Christmas. Oh, that, that, yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, you, you don't like blue cheese? I hate blue cheese. You want some of my hot Tupperware? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have like a cooler to carry food on the road. So uh, I'm just like, oh, whatever. Like my, I'll be like flying for like five hours or whatever. I'll just put it in my check-in bag. Oh my god, it's probably like hot as hell oh, on the plane or whatever. Uh, I'm probably yeah, probably gonna get sick. You can't eat that. Well, I'm eating the salad now. I didn't, yeah, well, I didn't pretty, know you guys were going to invite me. You're pretty dieting pretty hard right now. I, listen to this. This is like psychopath stuff. Oh, I printed god. out a calendar of the month of August and wrote out every little meal, every Are little... Are you kidding No, me? yeah. Oh I'm, my god. I'm clearly like not doing well now, but... <laughs> is this you like really just like, you know, you're in on this diet or is this your OCD? Because I know that you have a little bit of this OCD thing, I, right? I think it's both. Yeah. I think I can constantly decide like, okay... I, I want to try harder than I did last month to be in shape this month. Okay. I didn't know you were, you were like that until we were in Japan. And we came into your room one day, and you had all these stacks of coins, the yen, and it's like they were all piled up in different piles. There's like ten of them. Organized. And like, just so specific. And then Nick just like gives me the Iggy album. He's like, what is going on over here? And we just looked at each other, and we like shared this moment. We're like, oh my God, is Paige like a screw? <laughs> Like, what's wrong with this guy? I had been there for a month at that point, so I had a month yeah, worth like, of Japanese coins. Yeah, it was like a thousand dollars. You're a school teacher, obviously, and I think that's, you know, something cool. I love that. Like, you've told me a million times. What, so, what grade yeah. did you teach? I don't even remember. I taught high school. High school, that's right. But... <laughs> Yeah, go check out the rest there. But yeah, I, I like the idea already of them just sitting around, I guess, have different people over and have a room service. Yeah, that'd be fun. You know, nowadays, anything can be a show. Exactly. So new match added to AEW All Out. You're going to be getting SCU, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy teaming against, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, SCU against Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. Oh, God. You know what the funny thing is? Marco Stunt, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy, if you pose them just right, they look like phone signal. Like Marco Stunt, Marco Stunt, that's like a really short one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Marco Stunt, you have no bars. Luchasaurus, you're maxed out. Like you could... Yeah, he just kind of feels like he was copied and pasted onto there, right? Like the, uh, like, just, like this, <laughs> he's just there. That's just the, the third guy in the thing. I, I hate to dehype it like that. But, uh. Um, I mean, it's. He's entertaining for what he is. He's he does well at least with keeping people with a smile and keeping them entertained. Luchasaurus, that we've had to do the freak of nature, he about killed Joey Janela, but uh, he. <laughs> yeah, but, but the cards coming together really good. You know, like they oh, yeah. they're having they're having a really good doing a good job with that card. So, congratulations to them because they need it, dude. At this point. Vince oh, is taking it like a war. Even if they're saying, oh, we're not going to take it as a war. We're all just buddies. It's like, no, nah, I'm sorry, guys. But at the end of the day, that's not how your uh, your boss is perceiving this. Don't you lie to me. I should get the bear hat. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. No, I'll try. <laughs> not sure what it means. I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded. Could that be the episode? Could that be the episode title just for the hell of it? Did he get the bear hat? Write it down. I'll forget that. <laughs> It looks very cool. Well, Big Man, you might just get the episode title, so I don't know. We'll give you like a three quarters of a VA splash. There you go. No. Uh, that's great stuff. I'm really writing it down just for the record. So, yeah. That's <laughs> I know. Ain't right? no game. 
Oh, man. Yeah, that card, every second, it gets more and more stacked. Oh, Stasis means the bear that comes out with Cody. Oh, okay. Look at Bernard the bear. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. This is the very thing when you do it live. Just shit like this happens. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, now no more guessing. Moving along. So, but yeah. so what are your thoughts of it overall as far as uh, what's going to happen after the pay-per-view? Like if that's going to give them the momentum they're going to need going into these weeklies. Because oh, keep in mind, you have NXT who has a two-week lead on them, but they do have a pay-per-view. They do have their, they already have the lead in having their notoriety being through pay-per-views. Yeah, so they really, it's not like they're really stretching a push forward. But, um, I mean, they're already building off the hype of, what was it, three big events with all, with a uh, all-in Double or nothing and Fighters Fest. So I mean it's it's more fuel to the fire. Yeah. Well. And I think uh I guess if we're doing injury road tonight, one of the big changes coming into it, a little surprise with yeah. uh, one of the matches at all out. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we have to do the injury. There's some you you weren't kidding about the um about certain things that I've seen. Oh yeah. <sighs> there was some pretty rough stuff going on there. Yeah. I mean, did we break the news on uh, one of the changes, one of the matches all out? No, no, we gotta wait for the for the injuries for to be out. We gotta gotta totally wait for the the injury road part of this. I want to make sure we get all of the AEW crap out of the way because otherwise people will be angry. Like, hey, you forgot about the fact that this match was added or whatever. So, gotta get that nice and clean. Was there anything else with that? That's why I'm. I guess what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, on AEWs. Nothing, nothing much, really. You know, they're revving up for they're revving up for the big debuts. So. Yeah. So the injuries, there's not even enough injuries here to to be a road so much as an injury sprint. There's just there's just some a couple of bad injuries. We're not going to call an injury road. We're just going to have to report uh, the first one, which is John Moxley. Yeah, basically, what was it? The MRSA infection and his elbow came back. Yeah, yeah. So. Basically, what happened was uh, he had to announce that he was pulling out of AEW. He said that he was absolutely gutted to have to deliver the news, but he'd rather come directly from him in a nightmare scenario. Um, the MRSA has returned to his elbow. The timing couldn't be worse. In this circumstance, he's forced to pull out of the, the fight on August 31st. Against Omega at All Out, he apologizes to all involved. Most importantly, the fans, he's incredibly frustrated and pissed off of surgery this week to remove the bursa sack in his elbow uh, and be done with it for good. Should be a quick recovery, so he'll be 100% for a for AEW Wednesday nights on TNT. Still, he expects All Out to be an amazing pay-per-view and hopes that all the fans out there will be looking for an alternative to tune in. Uh, they'll be blown away by the exciting uh, and and be excited to be a wrestling fan. He's looking forward to watching it himself. So yeah, the MRSA for those people know that's one of the things that caused him to be out for almost a year. And hey, missed, but uh, that's the one of the things that caused 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 him to be out for almost a year um, during his last little bit of time in WWE. Yeah. Well, it's really bad though. You know what I mean? Apparently yeah. He got this when he was in Japan. And uh, you know, just not very good. Yeah, well, get best, get get well soon, Mox. Yeah, please, man. The one uh, thing I did hear is that uh, when it comes to the match with him and Omega, it's getting moved 
to, I think, that first TV, that uh, first episode they're going to have. So they're still going to get to fight. Yeah, yeah. Cody, Cody uh, tweeted out saying, "Very heartbreaking news. John's health and safety is paramount to all of us. We will actively try and reschedule this match down the road. A replacement match for All Out will be announced soon. Our thoughts are with him." So uh, he also had to be pulled out um, of the blood sport. The September fifteenth one we announced against Josh Barnett. He had to, uh, you know what I mean. He had to get pulled out of that too, unfortunately. So, like, you're getting dual pullouts here, which sucks. That's a phrase I never thought I'd hear on this show before. <laughs> I, I tried to ignore it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> We're getting dual pullouts here. <laughs> Write it down. Uh, <laughs> dual pullouts here. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I mean, it's heartbreaking because this is the what we were just talking for the last hour about how, like, this is one of the most the most important times in in uh, wrestling. Exactly. It's an all hands on deck sort of thing. And then this happens. Yeah, like the timing couldn't be worse. Like, this is the ultimate test for these guys, because I mean, man, like the John Moxley acquisition, that was a really big deal. Exactly. But. I think uh, you heard about the announcement of what they were going to do, what Omega's new plan. Is it going it all out? Well, first, uh, the the Omega situation is messed up. And uh, I like the way they played it into the storyline where they are. They basically had him do like a little promo. Did you did you see it? I haven't seen the promo yet. Let me try to cue it up. Give me a minute. I got I don't have it here, oh. but I'm going to try to pull it up. Joe, oh, quick, my see, George, see. really? Come on, man. <laughs> Do you do like Dane Cook and push in? Is that it? Pull out game strong. There's another option. <laughs> but he fucked it up when he followed it with, I never pull out. <laughs> pull out game strong. God mighty. I like is that, that for an episode title. This, you know what? This is, this, uh, I feel like, we, I feel like we could almost leave that one in like, in a box for when there's like a lot of injuries and a lot of people have to pull out of it. Just keep that one in the reserves just in case. You wouldn't want to do it for a double pullout? <laughs> I feel like dual pullouts here might work a little bit. I don't know, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Oh my god, every freaking episode title is more off the walls than the last one. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. So Kenny Omega finds out that John Moxley is injured. And uh this was also part of being the elite. This was his reaction. Oh, wow. Oh, Moxley. Jeez, I, I woke up today and um, I was told that, that, that it's not a joke and you're going to break my jaw. I've seen the tough guy act and uh, you pull it off quite well. So- <laughs> yeah, What's up? Mox is out. What do you mean? He's, he's out of the mat. Uh, he, <laughs> he had a staph infection. Was- no, for, for real? Yeah, what, it, it, who'd, you, who'd you hear from? I uh, just got it from Cody just now. Well, no one. Further. He didn't tell. Give me a sec. Could you, one sec. Okay, you want to just reset? No, no, no. <laughs> Steve, I'm mic'd up. Uh, let's just let's kill the lights, cause um, let's talk about this. We might as well. We might as well talk about it. You know what? <laughs> wow, what a sad story, right? Don't you don't you feel sorry for John Moxley? I mean, he he just showed up. He defied. 
he defied the wrestling god. And he came to AEW, threw me off a stack of chips, and then he went on this journey, a warrior's journey. He wanted to know what it was like to live a month in the life of Kenny Omega's shoes. Insert wrestler name here, better than sign, Kenny Omega. And people were doing that with you. They were, they were, because you were like the hot topic for 15 minutes. This is your big chance of redemption in the excitement of being a free man. You called it a paradigm shift, right? That, that was cool, like you're going to shirt. And then you went to Japan. How did that tournament go in Japan? Did you win? I know that I did. First try, got the shirt to prove it. You decided to start wanting to check off all those boxes on that bucket list of yours. Did anyone really talk about you in Japan? You got a boo-boo on your elbow. What's your explanation? You're just gonna, you're gonna write a, 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 sappy, a sappy tweet apologizing to everyone? Make everyone feel bad for you? Kenny, what happened to the dream match? Kenny, what happened to John Moxley? What happened to my dream? Did I go to Japan and wrestle 24 days of the month before fighting you? No, you see, I did this thing, John. It's called being a professional. What am I supposed to say? I was ready. I took you seriously. I never got myself injured. I got myself in the best shape of my life. You never took me seriously. You never took this pay-per-view seriously. You owe everyone an apology. You owe me an apology. And you should really look in the mirror, John. Mm-hmm. You should look in the mirror and you should ask yourself, what the, what the fuck am I doing? I'm playing this all back in my mind. And I'm thinking, oh shit. Oh boy, I, I'm being really insensitive because this is, this is a real serious injury. It could have happened to anybody, right? You are careless. I blame you. And if people want to look at me like I'm the bad guy, well, jeez, they're just as bad as you are, John. You left a lot of pieces, a lot of broken dreams, and a lot of disappointed fans laid upon my feet, and they're begging for something now. Huh? What kind of wrestler does that? Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat up the best wrestler in the world. Check. I, I, I want to go to Japan now. Check. Can I do some indies? Check. Can I do a hardcore match? Check. See, John, I, I would love to wish you a speedy recovery. That's what I'm supposed to say. But at this point, I could really give a shit if you ever come back. I don't know cue the music right after that. That whole thing was the prologue to the episode. <laughs> yeah, go watch the whole episode. Always oh, watch Being okay. the Elite, man. Watch every episode. Great show. Yeah, it's always fun. Really, they put more effort into their Being the Elite than WWE does the, the backstage on their Raws. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of that is cool. Think about it. that was just nineteen minutes, and it was only like that was like three minutes of it, and it was all good. That goes to show you for anyone who doesn't know what it's going to be like when AEW is around. It's going to be awesome. You know, have no doubts about it. I have no fear. AEW's here. How you doing there, Mist? I see you. But, uh, back your bowl? Yeah, so he's going to be back in time for AEW's October 2nd debut on TNT. You know, so uh, 
because he's going to basically have 12 to 16 days of healing. And then uh, after three to four weeks, uh, the doctor lets you use the elbow. It may need to be protected for a few months. We'll have to see what happens in regards to that. But they did manage to get a replacement. And about time somebody's showing up. Because after uh, losing the Dragon Gate Championship at All Out, we get Kenny Omega versus Pac. Yeah, Pac himself is actually showing up in AEW. The 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 Pacacy has been fulfilled. The po- <laughs> That's another one. Yeah. <laughs> Every- <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> this felt like something needed to go there, but yeah, so. Poor John Moxley's out, but we get Pac. There it is for you. Yeah, I'm so happy he's fine. Because, I mean, I think a lot of us knew he was going to be at in AEW. But it's just kind of, it, it was hard to time out a good spot. But now that he's not Dragon Gate champion anymore, there's no reason for him to not show up. Yeah. Yeah, no, he should. You know, that's, whole, that, they were keeping him stylistic. protected for that championship. Well, from what we hear, though, it wasn't planned at all for this because there was first rumors going around that Pac was already going to be like a special run in during the event. But then later on, it was clarified that he was not, which means they threw this together when they realized Moxley wasn't going to be around. So now you get Pac, which it kind of works out because Moxley's not going nowhere. You know, like he is going to show up. I would have loved for him to be on that first episode. Maybe he'll still make an appearance or be there in some capacity. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it all depends. But I, I would love for them to do something just because it's going to be a really iconic, historic night. Yeah, which that stylistically is a dream match from these two. I mean, yeah. Pac's probably one of the Pac, one of the best high flyers in the world, but he can hit just about as hard as all the other guys. I mean, Kenny Omega is Kenny Omega. It's the big match machine. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but maybe this will open the door for them to incorporate Pac more into AEW storylines as we go along. Exactly. You know, it, it was like when one door closes, another one opens type deal. Yeah, and this is his AEW debut. This is his first ever appearance. So. Yeah. Yeah, the all-out card is looking stacked. Mm-hmm. So the other injury... Whew. The other injury, I'm going to warn you guys about this fucking if injury. If you are queasy in any capacity, I need you to skip forward a little bit. Ronda Rousey, dude. What happened? <laughs> I, I, what was it, a movie she was doing? Let's talk just... about it a little bit first so I could prepare. I have to set the scene for this this shit. Oh, my God. This is the reason we couldn't have an injury roll tonight, because this is too serious. This is too high level of an injury. It needs its own segment. That's not an injury road. You can't just throw this on injury road here. So she's a firefighter on a season of 911, whatever the hell that is. Boston 911 or something like that. I have no idea. Yeah, she's a firefighter and uh. She was, <laughs> George is like, I can't look at it. <laughs> she was shooting a scene in Mexico. And they were, basically the way the scene works is you're supposed to slam a door dramatically. Um, I don't know the story of But anyway, long story short, she forgot to move her hand when she slammed the door dramatically. And she slammed the door really, really, really hard. On her finger. Oh, in the aftermath, 
Good golly, Miss Molly, the aftermath. Like I said before, last warning, if you are squeamish, look away now. Yo, her finger is mangled. I'd be crying like a bitch. And she's just sitting there like, huh? They say, so they say that Ronda Rousey didn't wince. She didn't complain. She didn't even mess up the scene. She just continued the scene like a superhero. Yo, Ronda Rousey, I've said before in Jade Logic, because Ronda Rousey is a freak. I can't even, I can't even, I have my program over the screen that's projecting that shit. I can't even look at it and think at the same time. (laughs) And it's not my finger. George said what finger? (laughs) I can't even think with that on the screen. Like, dude, oh my God. This is one of those moments where I say back when you, when you first put together a wrestling podcast and you think about how much fun it's going to be, you don't think about the shit like this. (laughs) <laughs> it's like Robert Baratheon says they don't put this in the songs <laughs> really <don't. laughs> I don't give a damn about your missing finger <laughs> oh my god oh I my can't. god like look at like what kills me about this is I, how I feel lit- like I feel like if I had one of DDP's heart monitors on me like whenever I look at it my heart rate goes up oh my god <laughs> like, like it, it's like, I love how she looks like she just spilled like a glass of orange juice on that new white carpet. Not that her finger is almost detached from the rest of her hand. So it was just a broken finger. That's the just mid- a broken finger? TMZ reports the middle finger got the worst of it. It was broken and her tendon was nearly severed. She also fractured the tip of her ring finger. I just, to, the Stacey says she thought it was going to be way worse. I don't know what will be way worse. Decapitation, you know? Dear God. Yeah, tell me about it. Let's get that shit off the screen, for God's sakes. <laughs> I found the artwork. No, I'm kidding. Hell no. <laughs> Keep your artwork, psychopath. Miss <laughs> 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 it looks like that fake lost finger kid's magic trick went all kinds of wrong. <laughs> I can't even concentrate. Oh, oh God. God. that's what that's what happens when the slap chop does more chopping than slapping. Hi, it's Vince from Slap Chop. <laughs> Watch this. You're gonna love my nuts. <laughs> Can that be wrong as we drop down? That was, the that, slap was a, chop that was a great that was a great guy. That's a great man. It was awesome. You know what's ironic that, that his whole thing, his whole gimmick was the slap chop and he uh he got arrested for slapping. Like I'm not even <laughs> kidding, he slapped the hole. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Look him up. The mugshot and everything. The fucking slap chop guy got arrested for slapping a hole. You couldn't make this stuff up. This is like the Anthony Weiner thing, you know, with it's <laughs> incredible, you know, Capcom style <laughs> villains where each one's named what they do. You know, you have guts man and ice man and slap chop <laughs> and Anthony Weiner. I wanted to be a super villain now so bad. Just so I can see the SC. Who are you? I'm Slap Chop. I'm Slap Chop. And I actually slap somebody. <laughs> that is so fucked up, right? <laughs> she just lines up like that. <laughs> it makes the storyline of the infomercial a lot deeper than you would have originally thought. Right. You know? She says she, she, she said he, she didn't like the product and he finally snapped. Oh, this is um from Rhonda's channel. I don't know how much of it we're gonna play because I know she has a lot of video on here. But look at some of it. I guess she's gonna explain what the hell happened. 
happened on 911? Uh, well, I'm starting to have a feeling that every single time me and Trav plan a vacation, I end up in another cast. So, <laughs> and at first I thought it meant like, oh, a cast like in my hand and a figurative cast like the cast of 911 because after WrestleMania, we planned two trips and ended up in a cast and couldn't go. And then we planned a trip for us and the boys to go to Hawaii. And then I got cast in 911, so I couldn't go. And then I was shooting 911 down at the like uh, the big like tanks they filmed Titanic in down in Mexico, and we have this like really great anniversary trip actually planned for um, afterward and. First take of the day, uh, <laughs> first take of the day, um, all I had to do was pretty much open up this boat door and step out and, you know, had like lines and all this stuff, whatever. And um, I guess I was just a little bit too short to push the boat door all the way to the top. So I kind of had to give it like a little bit of a oomph, like a push. And it either stalled at the top and came down or it bounced back and came down. But it was staying up enough for me to turn my back on it and stepped out. And uh, the boat door slammed down. And I thought I just, like, jammed my nail. You know how people usually jam their fingers in the door and it bruises their nail? And I was, like, thinking, like, ouch, fuck. And then, like, don't be a pussy. You know, just finish the scene. So, um... I finished the scene and I had like all these lines and stuff and I was like throwing things off of the boat. And um, then I looked down and I was like, oh, <laughs> and I tell the director, I remember like turning towards them and being like, you guys aren't going to like this, but my finger is no longer attached to my finger. Wow. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> and uh, yeah, she said, like, she stuck her toe. finger was barely hanging on I'll show she's you gonna she's off for the bandages man oh my god um, ah! so this is how i can't much even was look at this shit honestly and uh my phone the... was visible oh, okay it's everything. just really i remember just up. looking down being like yeah. oh i lost my finger so like i had to get finger sorry i love you i love you did you want to say anything Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, rewind that I do not, uh, I'm not rewinding <laughs> shit. <laughs> Who had trained with Trav before, yeah, small world. And um, he reattached, my, my tendon was barely hanging on, my bone was, of course, uh, broken, and uh, my tendon on top was, okay, you know, I've um, had just about enough of this bit. story. <laughs> the link is in the, the uh, the link is on the social media and everything. You can go watch the whole damn thing if you want. That is crazy. Anything you want to say to the people? Fuck. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear a soul ever try to shit on that woman again <laughs> because she almost lost a finger and just said, fuck. I love the way she tells the director too, what's so, um, you're not going to like this, <laughs> but my finger is... Nobody's going to like this. Nobody's going <laughs> to like this. You know? She said that like if somebody forgot to bring the wine to a baby shower. Right? Yo, I heard horror stories about 
how Ronda's mom used to make her, like, if she broke a toe, she'd make her run laps around the dojo. That's just clarification that I needed that that was no lie. That was a ri- That is unbelievable. I remember those I stories, stu- man. I stubbed my toe and I'm sitting down for at least two minutes. Yeah. This bitch almost loses a finger and says, well, um, I got some bad news, guys. Yeah. Well, you know me. I've never bad mouthed Ronda. I mean, I may have talked well, about her losses, like, in detail. But we talk about everybody's losses in detail. But uh, uh-huh. we went into that rooting for her and rooted for her afterwards, so. Well, I was also a Holly Holm fan publicly, even on our Facebook page long before I knew that that was even a possible match. Oh, yeah. I I, I said going into that, I was like, if anybody can beat this girl, Holly Holm is tailor-made to do it. Yeah. Anyone who's followed the page long terms has seen that we way before that was ever even a factor. We used to put like Holly Holm sparring with like John Jones and stuff like that on our page. You know, just who were supporters back then. So. And let's be real, those two losses didn't hurt Ronda anywhere near as much as people who just like to talk shit think. Mm-hmm. That girl got knocked out twice, but then headlined WrestleMania, so... But Ronda has been announced to be in the next season on, of Total God. Divas. I'm going to do everything that I can to bring a spotlight to the women's evolution. I'm the first ever openly gay female in the WWE. Guy is beating the out of a man. You're one of only a few women to ever do that. These are my girls. These are my soul sisters. Total Divas, new season Wednesday, October 2nd at 10 and catch up anytime. If you want to see more Total Divas, make sure you subscribe to the E. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that. I think the last time I seen Total Divas was like the second season. I think the last time I saw it was like the first couple of episodes of that first ep- that first season Carmelo was on. I had no complaints about it. It just didn't fit into yeah. uh, my programming, you know. Like it was. I mean, was good for what having it having Ronda on there will definitely give me a reason to watch it again because we've seen Ronda is hilarious. Yeah, she is one of the funniest people you're probably ever going to see. So, I mean, yeah, and I saw I saw this announcement on her Instagram earlier today. So yeah, I mean, hey, good for Ronda. Yeah. Very good, very good for her. Um, I don't know what's going on with this having a family. I wish she was knocked up already, just so we could get it out of the way, and she'd already be back. Right. You know, like, what the hell's <laughs> taking so long, Travis? <laughs> Is them blanks in the chamber? <laughs> yeah, like what's going on here? You, know? <laughs> you are you working with a Nerf gun, Travis? <laughs> oh God! That better not be an airsoft gun. <laughs> okay, let me stop. So apparently WWE has gotten rid of that band CF oh well, how do you say Dallas. that the thing CFO and they just had a dollar sign on there for something CFO dollar sign is no longer part of WWE I just call him CFO bing no. <laughs> yeah right um basically they said that uh it came down to money according to Brad Shepard and it wasn't one of the McMahons. It was WWE's music group that decided not to deal with them, which is funny because if you guys recall, we reported on here, what was it, a couple of years ago when Jim Johnston, which was their music guy at the time, they were still working with CFO Dollar Sign, but they had Jim Johnston as the main guy. And uh, they eventually released him and they just let these CFO guys be the main thing. 
which is funny because that guy's music is some of the most iconic music of the Attitude Era long before they came along. But they were known for doing like Nakamura's theme, um, Pages theme, like that era of music. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting enough to think they did not do Bray Wyatt's theme. Actually, a band known as Code Orange did this new remix of Bray's theme. So it wasn't CFO in this one. But who did the original? Uh, the original was a band known as uh, Mark Crozer and the Rails. Gotcha. So even the original version wasn't um, CFO. Yeah, he has a unique situation because most people either got Jim Johnston music or CFO dollar sign. They always say Vince doesn't like to pay for licensed music. Like there were a few times, uh, you know, obviously Triple H and Motorhead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in fact, the interesting thing about it is uh, when WrestleMania 30, Bray's first WrestleMania, that band came out and played him out. That was Mark Crozer and the Rails we saw in those masks at WrestleMania 30. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Code Orange is even done with stuff with NXT. It was um, a takeover. If you remember that takeover where Alistair Black had the live band, that was them. Yeah, so yeah, I do remember that. So this is a band that um, he's that they've dealt with before. So it was cool to see them get such an opportunity like that because I mean that song is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. No, and I, I I like the development of that character. It 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 goes to show how much the business has changed, though. That like you know the character, in my opinion, if you're going by wrestling time, was still fairly fresh, and he's already been rejuvenated with an entirely different version. I'm not complaining about it. I think it works in his favor, but I kind of feel like nonetheless the previous Bray Wyatt was a little bit wasted. Like it was it was yeah. still cool. They didn't do that much with him. And now he's evolved, but how much better would it be if this evolution would have come after a good run as the last Bray Wyatt, which I don't feel he ever had. Exactly. So. I mean, shoot, even in cases of, I've noticed it seems almost a lot more in the case of NXT, more of the other music, um, that that it's not just the casual stuff being used. Like, example, Perry Moore does Johnny Gargano's music. Oh, yeah. That's that's a cool song. I think that suits Gargano really well. Oh, yeah. It had there's a, there's a level of energy that comes with that song, and it was kind of funny the first time I heard him use it, and I was like, "What? Could Perry more?" Like I was like, "I have you guys riot CD what?" <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 cool to see them branching out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, but I I just don't think they should have gotten rid of the people that were doing most of their music. You know? No, no. And especially once again, it's almost like the thing with Spider Man, which we're not going to talk about on here, but it came down to money. I know everybody's mad about Spider Man. We'll do, we'll, if there's time, we'll do another thing about it, you know. They're going to do, um, Spider Man 3 got sent home. <laughs> and how they're going to stay with the consistency of having home in the titles, you know, what was the first one for? Homecoming, Far From Home, and then got sent home. <laughs> you know, complete Spider-Man the trilogy. Four, staying home. Yeah, right. Stay. Spider Man Five foreclosed. <laughs> Keep it rolling. Screw it. Spider Man Six homeless. Yeah. So, uh, Braun Strowman recently spoke to Sam Roberts, and uh, he spoke a little bit about the deep push that he had, which we spoke about a while ago on here. And uh, it was interesting how he discussed his relationship with Vince McMahon. I'm going to link you guys to the whole episode, but this is what he had to say. I got to a point where I got really, really frustrated with everything that was going on. I called Vince, and I was like, Vince, what is going on? Like, I'm miserable. And he talked me off the ledge. It's like, look, big man. He's like, I want you for the long haul. It's like, it doesn't matter what you're doing right now. He's like, I care about what you're doing 10 years from now. He said, 
I've invested in you. He's like, you're one of my guys. And he's like, don't worry, you're fine. And just hearing that coming from that man, like, I don't know, like, it's just something, like, legitimately, I walked into the talent, or not to talent, to the production meeting one day, and I was, like, all but, like, I've had enough. And I just was mad about everything. He kicked everybody out of the production meeting, like, two hours before Raw was about to start. The show wasn't even done and talked to me for 45 minutes. Like, heart-to-heart, man-to-man conversation, and it opened my eyes to the picture of, like, wow, why am I worried about this? Yeah. It's just... The testament people Vince doesn't get the credit that is due to him, and he's probably if he hears this, he's gonna get pissed off that I'm saying his name <laughs> and, and putting him over. But it's it's just him. He is he's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable man. I'm very very fortunate to not only work from him, for him, but to call him a friend. See, he has positive things about the old man still. Yeah, you know. I mean, he's, I mean, he's more swole at seventy than I'll ever be in my life. So I mean, hey, he out here, he doing it. Uh, but yeah, I guess also Ron's saying he's fortunate. He's also fortunate to be a big guy. Yeah. You know, he's always going to have plans for his big guys. You know, if he was 206 pounds, that'd be a different story. He'd be, he'd be sitting there like, lose a pound and come back to me next week. Yeah, right. He put a cape on you. And then put a mouse head on you. Yeah. And he called you Mighty Mouse. <laughs> this is good shit. Come on, you're Mighty Mouse now. <laughs> Look at you. He's got. You don't have any beef. I'll never forget that line. <laughs> I know. hate that. I hate the word beef, beef pisses me off. Come on. Beef. What the hell? What nonsense is this? What hogwash is this? Huh? Yeah, right. What else we have? Believe it or not, we're, we're, we're doing good on stories here as far as timing goes. But uh, WWE's recently filed some new trademarks. They wanted to own some names that were not... Yeah file before names being bianca belair drew gulak humberto carrillo iconics Aliyah, walter and matt riddle i don't know why it just kind of giggled a little bit when i heard Aliyah, and i was like what the- oh yeah that chick so when they file these trademarks that means essentially that if the person leaves there they can't leave with their name even if they originally came there as that person right that's so weird for Matt Riddle because that's his name. Like, I'm just wondering if that's the way that it was because unless things have changed, that's the way it works to my knowledge. Yeah. That's just really weird. Like, Look at what happened to the Dudley boys. Yeah. They, they were the Dudley TNA, boys they there. Team 3D. Yeah, they were the Dudley boys their entire career long before WWE. But when they left and went to TNA, they had to be Team 3D. So I wonder if these people or if they even have a choice. But... It makes me wonder, Matt Riddle, he leaves one day, goes to AEW, he can't be Matt Riddle anymore. He has to be Matt Nigma. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> because Mist in the chat room put Matt Riddle, Riddler's cousin. Christ, so, heaven. damn it, he Mist. Was, and he was Enigma, right? So I figured Matt Nigma. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what TNA would do. You know it. They turned Jigsaw into fucking Rubik's. To get around the copyright, remember? Oh, Jesus Christ in heaven. So I could see him being Matt Nigma. Oh my god. <laughs> They're probably writing this down on the napkin right now. Oh, wet napkin. <laughs> <laughs> really it is. Who's ass getting beat this week? <laughs> oh, Matt Riddle. Matt Nigma. Instead of bro, it'd be bra. 
bra, right? <laughs> bra. <laughs> gotta drag that shit, bra. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, the original bra. <laughs> or, 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 or you take it one step further. You go straight dog the bounty hunter. Bra. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this shit writes itself. So, uh, XFL. Remember that thing? Oh, yeah. It's TNA of football. Yeah. It's coming close. So, you're going to have more football for those of you that have been clamoring to have football. You're going to have more of it now. That's so my question is, when it comes to the XFL, who's going to be the I Patriots of that group? I knew it was going to no. be that. No, who's going to be the Patriots, a.k.a. that team that everybody wants their quarterback to retire because they clearly can't beat them? Like, biggest gripe with football fans. They complain just because their team isn't good enough to win. Like, they okay. get mad at somebody trying to be the best. What's wrong with you? Like, so this is going to be happening in 2020, guys. We're ready. I remember feeling like the XFL was really far away, and now here we are, and it's like right yeah. here. But from what we are hearing, uh, these are the teams officially that you're seeing on the screen there. And uh, yeah. Nine teams, huh? You got, starting from the left, the Dallas Renegades. Then you got the Houston Roughnecks, the LA Wildcats. The New York Guardians. And the second row starting from the left, you get the St. Louis Battlehawks, Seattle Dragons, the Tampa Bay Vipers, and the DC Defenders. So there are your teams for the XFL. So even sports, even the landscape of sports, as you know, is changing because, uh, in a few short months, people are going to be talking about a completely different football league. So wow. It's going to be the 2020 is going to be the most different from any year that we've had in the past decade when it comes to content. You have new game consoles launching. I don't know if people realize that, but 2020 is next gen time, guys. Say goodbye to your Xbox Ones and your PS4s. This is the last year before you're pretty much starting your transition. You know, oh, so, yeah. So you got that. You know, then you got all the wrestling shows being shifted around. You got new XFL new football going on, you know, you got dead Avengers everywhere and no Spider-Man to look forward to. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I'd turn that in. <laughs> wow, that took such a turn. <laughs> you went, you went three positive things and then turned down Dead Avengers Avenue. <laughs> the, the point is, is, is there's a lot of shit changing, you know. Jesus Christ! But especially those Dead Avengers. Yeah, man. And all that time, Vince Russo still gonna have cold lunchables talking about how you can call Kevin Owens fat. Oh, boy. But the reason we're talking about the XFL isn't because of our love for football, but it's because, according to Brad (laughs) Shepard, he says that uh, Vince wasn't at Raw because he was in an all-day meeting on Monday and Tuesday, and according to a source in WWE, he was told that Vince told his his XFL circle that he'll step away from the WWE for a very short period of time, depending on how the Fox and NXT moves go. If all three shows are steady by the time the XFL launches, he will indeed focus on the league. So Vince has plans for greener pastures in the sense that he wants to get all three wrestling companies running at optimal performance, get them sort of self-sufficient and then focus on the football stuff, which I guess triple H would then in turn become the overseer along with a Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. That's an interesting little trifecta that you got there. If you got Heyman running raw Bischoff running SmackDown and triple H running NXT. That's quite the little tribunal there. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, you see, look at how crazy this is. So, are you going to be watching any football? I know you're you're into regular NFL. Would you give the XFL another chance? Um, I mean, what the hell? What do I got to lose? I mean, I mean now, now WWE really wanted to get my attention. They started their own Slam Ball League. Cause that used to be a shit where I used to watch that. But uh, I, I mean, hey, you never know. It could work out. Yeah. What What were the problems? Did you watch it last time it was around? You know, I really didn't catch it the last time. I think last I time think, it's just that they well, sucked, is what I remember. From what I everybody. heard, that and they were always just taking shots at the NFL instead of actually making it good. Yeah, but I remember the main thing being just that it sucked. Like that no one actually knew how to play football, which is like one of the most important things, I guess, when you do football, you know? <laughs> like if you yeah, look at documentaries, heard, I mean. if you look at documentaries about the ESPN, they when it was like when it came down to it, they had everything they needed, but the, but everyone didn't know how to play football. It was like the mighty ducks of football, but with billions of dollars at stake. The mighty ducks of football, <laughs> you know. That's what, that's what I'm imagining, you know. And there's no Emilio Estevez. <laughs> there's, no, there's, there's no way out. There's no way out. So next we were going to talk about Tammy Sitch, but I was stalling. You know why? Because I went to put a picture of her up on screen and there's more nudes than clothed ones on, on the search. <laughs> it's like now it's like it delayed my entire plan on the fucking program because, uh, Jesus. God, Tammy. <laughs> right? Do you know this Tammy Sitch story already or no? Oh. No. No. I'm scared. No, it's not a bad story. It's just an update on her, uh, I, I oh, guess, her incarceration. According to PW Insider, um, the, uh, they report that uh, her hearing on her revocation of parole is scheduled for August 20. Oh, so this already passed. This was August 22nd in Carbon County, Philadelphia. And uh, she had her parole revoked in February after she missed a, a drug test. And she also failed to maintain a stable residence. Um She's been making restitution payments of $120 each for October and November 2018 as part of a payment plan, but she failed to make any payments after that. So, yes, yeah, she's been in prison. What's been five months of her in prison, according to the sheets here? Damn. That's right. It's so bad because every now and then if I want to laugh, I still go back to when OSW reviewed her sex tape. No, 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 no. We can't. No, don't go there. Yeah, just for that one part, you know the part. Yeah. No, I know the part. Trust me. <laughs> It's still funny after all this time. Yeah, there she is with clothes. <laughs> Ooh, that was harder than almost everything I had to do here. Yeah. Except when you're with Sonny, then nothing's hard. It's just... Yeah, pretty get much. It, get it. Because she looks like hell. <laughs> wow. Uh, let me see. Is there any other stuff important or anything else that we have to wait for next week? I mean, there's not really much news going on in the world of Impact. Uh, we know WWE, uh, basically Chris Jericho spoke to Busted Open Radio and, uh, he discussed a little bit about the WWE release process and he's quoted saying, I don't know why Sean Spears sat on the sidelines for eight months. I don't know why a lot of guys sit on the sidelines for eight months, but you know how it works up north, brother. If you fall out of grace, you're finished being played with as Vince's toy. You get put in the corner. Thankfully, Sean got his release. He's the last one that will. Nobody will ever get their release from WWE again. Nobody. He got his release. Cody and him are friends. Cody knew what he was capable of. I knew what he was capable of. I championed to get him. The guy is a tremendous heel. He's an old school heel. He looks the part. 
putting him with Tully Blanchard is a great idea. He's a main eventer. We're going to make him into a star just by putting him with Cody Rhodes. So, uh, well. But it's funny to hear him say that no one else is ever going to be released from uh, WWE. He's not wrong. Yeah, they're going to just cling on to everybody for dear life, huh? Let's try to start. That's what their new strategy is. We're going to starve out the competition. Huh, sheesh. So we're hearing that Ken Shamrock is returning. To the place of his greatest success as a professional wrestler. TNA. He's going back to Impact Wrestling. He was the first ever TNA champion. Now he's returning to Impact Wrestling. They started yeah. doing some sort of Twitter thing with him, Brian Cage, and Ernest the Cat Miller, and Scott Demore, and Moose. They all started getting into like this big argument. Apparently, this was to lead into the fact that uh, Ken Shamrock's going to be returning to the company. For them, that's probably one of the biggest returns they've ever had because Ken Shamrock's a big part of their history. Yeah, like, he was their first. Uh, at the time, it was NWA TNA era world champion. He's the guy that R Truth beat to become NWA world champion. He was he. That's one. That's that's the OG of OGs when it comes to Impact. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's a name I haven't thought about in years. Forget Ken Shamrock. That's the first time I ever saw him was UFC 40 when T Ortiz ran through him. It's like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, you go ahead. I was going to say, it's kind of funny when you look at him as a UFC fighter and a guy who's an impact. He was one of the day one boys. He was he was fighting the UFC when Hoist Gracie was still in his prime. Back mm-hmm. when the days when they were just tournaments and there was no weight class and there was no time limit. And then being one of TNA's originals on the first pay-per-view. So, I mean... Was he a dick to work with or something, though? Because I noticed they never bring him back for anything in WWE. No Hall of Fame, no cameo appearances, I no training I feel like he probably was. Because if, if his interactions with Tito Ortiz were any kind of like... I mean, Tito knew how to piss people off, no doubt. He seemed like he had a little bit of a temper on him. I remember us reporting a, a few years ago on here about how he was like tweeting to Ring of Honor for a job. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, you're the only one in the company who could directly get you in contact with these guys. You got to tag them on social media. <laughs> you must be. I mean, Jesus Christ. Man. Yeah, no, I just found it to be something that was a bit strange. That's a guy I'm not surprised. That's a guy I'm surprised that when Impact still had a Hall of Fame, he wasn't in it. Yeah. Well, Ken Shamrock. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah, they also, uh, also Impact is wants to do, um, an impact wrestling they did an episode called cali combat because it's an episode um with a backdoor pilot for a new studio style show which is gonna be like a spin-off i guess of impact i'm not exactly sure how this is gonna work god who knows i guess just a studio show like backstage stuff that happens with impact mm-hmm. i mean they do stuff like that at times like josh matthews has his little thing he does with but yeah, I guess they're, they're preparing a, a secondary show just in case is what it sounds like is happening here. Yeah, that's what, it's, it's, that's, that's what it sounds like it's going towards. Yeah, and according to PW Insider, um, Impact's now paying uh, for basically the, the housing of their stars. They're, what they're doing is uh, they're, they're sort of... Uh, paying for hotel rooms they pick up they pick up the check in hotels they did it in mexico they did it in vegas they haven't done it in uh in canada yet so we'll have to see what happens in regards to that but yeah i guess they're picking up the hotel bills is what we're seeing that they're saying is happening here that's so, pretty good give yeah, their talent less one less thing to worry about 
Yeah, because for anyone that doesn't know, you know, when you work even for WWE, they don't tote you around. You got to pay or get you and get in your car and get your ass to the next place. It's not like they're just going to fly you there. Yeah, say what you want about Impact. That's actually really good, like basically taking care of their talent. Like, hey, just get to the hotel. That's all you got to do. We'll take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, Santana Garrett took a picture with Triple H. She's already been announced as one of the people, right? Uh, yeah, I think they, they announced not too long ago. She was coming. Yeah, so I guess she's already at the performance center. She she's geared up too to do her yeah. thing. So um, get ready for Santana Garrett. Yeah, maybe if they do a women's breakout tournament, she'll be in it. Where was she before event? this? Because she was she hadn't been officially signed with the company this whole time. Uh, I know I start, I'd seen her like bouncing around the indies here and there. I hear her name a few times here and there, but. Uh, here's the link to that announcement for you guys. It's kind of funny. Speaking of the breakout tournament, as uh, we talked about last week, ACH won the whole thing. He's already called his shot because I believe in two weeks it's ACH versus Adam Cole for the NXT championship. Hmm. Yeah, he, he he did not hesitate <laughs> in calling his shot. That is going to be wild. I can't wait for that. That's another thing that NXT does really good. They'll have some matches and they'll give you a two week. They'll give you a two week build to get ready for them. I couldn't see him doing it on the first try, though. You know what I mean? Oh no, I, I don't. Th- I, I don't. I don't see him winning at all. But I think with as well as he did in the tournament and the fact that he won, because the end, the, the breakout guys, like these guys, were all, all in NXT. They were just fighting over a title shot. I think this is just going to be like, give him a big opportunity to display what he can do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hey, hey Adam, Cole will, they, they, Adam Cole will make him look like a million bucks, so that won't be a problem at all. And then they announced that, I think it's uh, this Wednesday, they announced it last week, that it's uh, Street Profits versus Undisputed Era, Red Dragon, in a sense, for the tag title. So two weeks, two title shots. <laughs> yeah, they definitely have stuff moving over there. Oh, yeah. All right. So last story before we just recap uh, SmackDown slash Raw and get the hell up out of here is uh, we're hearing that Brock Lesnar apparently wants to fight John Jones. Is this is this real? Yeah, I get they Those two have been going kind of back and forth for a long time. But it's like here and there. They'll kind of just take little jabs at each other and then go about their business. I mean, that's a really crazy situation there for uh for Brock to go step back into the octagon just to get his ass kicked and then go back to wrestling. You know what I mean? I don't know who yeah. made that kind of decision. You didn't want to fight Cormier. Why would you want to fight a guy that Cormier can't beat? You're not going to want to fight John Jones, my brother. <laughs> you know, like, I like Brock Lesnar and everything, but come on, dude. There's no way. There's exactly. no way. <laughs> you know? Brock went to go fight Brock John Jones and then he got knocked out because there was no way. Yeah, I don't know what's going through that boy's head. Telling you, man, which I mean, minor things speaking at Cormier, unfortunately, uh, lost his father this past Saturday. So prayers out to Cormier. Even Jones actually tweeted to him, basically showing him support. So yeah, very cool of him. But I mean, yeah, Brock, don't do that to yourself. Because he's already a light heavyweight that's built like a that's built like a heavyweight. 
That's the one thing everybody says about John Jones. So this came from Kurt Angle. Kurt said, I know he said that he's retired. The one fight he wants, and I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but he wants to go up against John Jones. So that was Kurt Angle from what we're seeing here. That's the one who said that he wants to fight him. And Don't do do that, Kurt. Don't you get that man hurt. You saw Jones' response, right? I think so. (laughs) It was just up on the screen. Let me see if I could bring it back. Bring it back. He basically, impl- he basically implied he'd kill him, you know. He just said, you know, I mean, he's too, he just said he's too slow. Like as fa- I mean, Brock is fast for his size, but Jones is just fast. <laughs> and he's linky on top of that. Like, he could hit you from across the cage. Like, dude, don't do that. And he's talented. He's super talented. Yeah, yeah he said, see there, Brock is way too slow. I'll embarrass him. You know, he's not wrong, man. Even if Brock slimmed down for that fight, I don't see it happening that way. Brock isn't, using, isn't used to having to move that quick on that consistent of a basis. And John Jones is just hard to deal with. He frustrates fighters. like Yeah. But even during his heyday, Brock was never known for long fights. We've seen John go 25 minutes consistently. Literally, all Jones would have to do is just wait for Brock to get tired, mm-hmm. which, would, which Brock would get tired. All right, so before we wrap wrap up here, weekly, do you remember anything about SmackDown? I feel like that was like a lifetime ago. Oh, God. So, yeah, SmackDown feels like so long ago. Some days I almost forget it happened. Raw is always easy for me to do because, like, Raw was literally just right there. Yeah, SmackDown's a little... I hope that gets better when they do move to Friday. Yeah. Because it won't be as, like, it won't we won't have to be six days out of a show and try to remember what happened. Yeah, I need to take better notes for the entire thing. But yeah, they, we, they continued the Randy Orton feud with Kofi Kingston. Uh, you know, basically Kofi winds up catching Orton off guard with the Trouble in Paradise. Trouble in Paradise out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like he, now you know how it feels. The <laughs> he commented with 64 and with a Trouble in Paradise. Just... Yeah. He, he, the revival winds up saving, uh, Orton, which I guess that's a permanent stable now, right? Like those guys hang out with, uh, together permanently. Which I mean, that seems to be the revival's gimmick. Like just. Yeah. Piggyback off of somebody who actually matters. They did a storyline with Kevin Owens that I don't like at all, where he's just basically begging Shane McMahon to take away the hundred thousand dollar fine because he needs to. He's a working man, he has a family and stuff, and and Shane's taking advantage of this, and uh, he he wants him to um, I think what was it they wanted to do, to apologize or something to yeah, to, uh, I don't even remember. He just wanted to apologize to Elias, I guess, for the previous week where he attacked him when he was an official. Like it was just it was everything that Kevin Owens would never actually do because it doesn't make sense for him to do it. Yeah, Andrade fought against Apollo Cruz with Andrade going over with the Hammerlock DDT because Selena Vega distracts. Really good match between those two. Yes, very solid stuff. I like that Apollo's finally getting to cut loose and just go because like, the dude's always been incredibly talented, especially for his size. Because like he's not exactly small. Yeah. We get a segment of a moment of bliss where Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross come out. And uh, basically, Charlotte uh, does a promo out there. And then Bailey comes out and uh, tries to do a promo. Yeah, tries, does her poor attempt at a promo. But the only cool thing is she winds up knocking Charlotte out of her chair. Like, she just basically pushes her. Charlotte hits so much shit on the way down. I almost thought she heard herself. Like, oh, God. yeah, right. Now nah, the way she fell, I was wondering, like, did they brace themselves for that? Like, how did they do that? But yeah, 
really good push. She hit the whole set. Like, she just, everybody that set, she just fucking, like. Yeah, that was an excellent, that was really cool. Uh, Daniel Bryan has a match against Buddy Murphy, which is actually very solid. They're making Buddy Murphy a top guy. You notice that? Yeah, because Buddy won. Buddy hit Murphy's Law and beat a former WWE champion. <laughs> it doesn't feel I like a temporary I did not see thing. that coming. Yeah, like I said, it doesn't feel like a temporary thing, so that's very cool. Uh, Daniel Bryan went back to calling Rowan Eric Rowan, which apparently has been cleared by the company. And he it, has his full name back. Yeah, they basically decided, you know, we're going to give you your name. I guess Eric and Daniel, if, if he can have a first name, why can't he have a first name? How Daniel has two first names. Exactly. You know, um, what was the finish to the Rowan Murphy match? You remember? Oh no, uh, Brian and Murphy basically. I mean, I'm sorry, Brian and Murphy. Yeah, Brian um got Brian got caught and got hit with Murphy's law, and um, Buddy Murphy went over. Gotcha. I I, could, I when I when he, when he hit Murphy's law, I was waiting for Brian to kick out, and he didn't, and I was just like, oh, all right, this is different. That's yeah. huge. What I believe is tomorrow night, uh, Buddy Murphy's competing because uh, his King of the Ring first round matchup with Mustafa Ali is, is up next. Yeah. And then we had the revival against Heavy Machine. You know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Uh, here we go. <laughs> thank you for the M- follow, sir. MWW Cody, thank you for them all. Yeah. Yeah. So then we had uh, the revival against Heavy Machinery with the revival going over here. Um, Otis got a hot tag in, um, and then he's basically, you know, beating them up. And then, uh, he hits the caterpillar on Dash, and then Dash reverses, um, out of the compactor, you know, and rolls him up for the finish. So, rival goes over. Miz TV with Sami Zayn coming out. Very interesting segment here because Sami Zayn is showing that he's, uh, that he's now a supporter of, uh, Nakamura and that him and Nakamura as thieves and they're friends and they're they're together and uh, all this other shit. Basically, the reason why they decided to do this was, uh, according to Sami Zayn and what he's indicated on social media, this goes back to the fact that uh, Nakamura's best match since he's been in this company was against him on NXT. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for the spark, sir. I mean, that was that. What that, it's kind of fitting because that was uh, Sami's farewell match. And it was an absolute war that kicked off NXT Dallas that year. Yeah. So that's and, the and that, was, that was the WWE fans' uh, introduction to him, so, to Nakamura. Yeah. And that's the bond he's talking about. You yeah. Know, brother, brothers bonded in war, pretty much. You know. So um, basically, uh, The Miz winds up getting his ass kicked, or at least the back of his head. He gets hit with a Kinshasa. They basically screw him up in the ring. And. Uh, yeah, that pretty much ends that. And then, well, that them old school Nakamura ass whoopings. Yeah, he got lit up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, Elias goes up against Kevin Owens, which this is the main event, I believe. Uh, yeah, this was the main event. Yeah, and uh, basically, Elias winds up uh rolling Kevin Owens up for a quick count. From yeah, Shane. Shane revealed that he was a special referee or whatever. Yeah, he screws him at the finish of this. Elias going over. And then we get to the shittiest segment of the entire night. <laughs> I can't believe they had the audacity to close the show with this. 
So Roman Reigns, and they throughout the night, keep in mind they have this guy. He looks like Michael Jackson's kid. They have him all blanketed. They were that they're, they're walking around with this Casper, literally, like the fucking the, the guy has a blanket over him, and they're walking around. I'm thinking, who in the world is this gonna be? I was thinking Luke Harper. I was thinking it would be cool if it was Luke Harper. Like at least it'd be something, you know. Right. But uh, I, it, I even reached as far as like one of the call ups from NXT, something like. But it wasn't. It wasn't. So what they do is they have Roman Reigns. He walks in the room and, and, and Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan are there with this dude who has a blanket over him. And they just unveil him and, and, and it just looked like, uh, it was just some dude, like some, some, some dude with a red beard. It just looked like a, like a bargain bin Roman. It, it looked like somebody just plucked a random plumber from the back and was like, I need you for like two hours. Like basically this is their way of, uh, Saying, you see, that's how come you saw Rowan. Like, it's just, it's just Daniel Bryan screwing with everybody again, but that was the big unveiling. But what pisses me off isn't just how terrible it is, but the fact that they ended it right there. Like, so what did Roman do next? What, what happened like at that very next moment? That's a cop out to me. That's what the last Game of Thrones, uh, season did <laughs> because they, they weren't intelligent enough to be able to write the ending of scenes. So whenever the dialogue got heavy, go back and watch it. They would just transition to another point in the scene. That's sort of what they did there. It's like, what happened after he unveiled this other Rowan and Rome and, and Roman Reigns is just there? They just, did you just everybody accept that? Just, everybody <laughs> just stared at each other for like 30 seconds. You know, just, and I don't know if I don't know if you caught this, but it didn't look like Daniel Corpse for like a second. Who wouldn't corpse? I don't know how you <laughs> hold it together. They put a fake <laughs> robe. I was looking right at him, and he was just staring. And all I see is him go. <laughs> they meant for him to look like a like a fake Rowan, but you know, instead he looked like one of those like you, you remember during Christmas, he looked like one of those garden gnomes that people put like outside oh, of their uh, outside of their house. Oh my god! You know what it reminds me of? I don't know if you've seen this. That like they do on YouTube now, it's they it's like the gnome meme or something like that, and it's like if you do something like a live like a live stream or something, and somebody sends it to you, basically you got gnomed. Oh god, I gotta find it for you. And like basically, like when you think about it, we got gnomed. Like oh my god, it was. It, it, I I don't understand like what we just did. Oh, I found and it. and, and Mister's right. That guy was the Luigi. Of Eric Rowan. He was like his Luigi. He was, yes, that is perfect. Yes. I am officially putting in my vote for Miss as the third panelist. Like, that, that was wonderful. Yeah, I just sent it to you. This is basically what we got. Like, that. Did you send me an image? Oh, like, it's literally like a video. (laughs) That's funny because that's what I'm looking for in here. Everything moving so damn slow, but yeah, I was trying to find the freaking video of this. I mean, basically, like, like I found the gnome video for you. It's basically the equivalent of what we got. Oh no, I was looking for the actual fake Rowan, not the gnome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking fake Rowan, man! This no, I was looking for that scene when they unveiled him because I mean, it, it's it's just that funny. <laughs> it, it's just, and the best part about it is, everybody in that room looked like they did not know what to do next. They almost looked like they did it too soon, and they were waiting for the camera to cut. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, wait, shit, we went off too soon. Oh, what do we do? Okay, camera's cut. Like, oh, my God. That was like, like, how do you go off the air like that? Like, don't. See, this is why y'all on Fridays, because y'all go off the air like that. I think I found it. Give me a minute here. Oh, Christ in heaven. This is going to be wonderful. Do you think that they I did know. that because they didn't think ahead of time about what was going to happen? 
I don't think they did at all. I don't know. You can't tell me they thought ahead and it was like, yeah, that's the end we're looking for. Like this was what we were leading up to all along. This, the payoff was going to be that there was just another Rowan. <laughs> yeah, right. They did it for the memes. They did the it for the gonna be, The payoff was going to be biker dad. Oh, man. <laughs> Irish biker. <laughs> they should burn in hell for doing that storyline. Then they have the nerve to sit at AEW. We're more sophisticated. Even though I'm no. paraphrasing. We're more sophisticated. We're not going to go back to our, our archaic ways. Yeah, we're just going to have a fake rolling. To close off SmackDown. Unbelievable. Don't okay, everybody at the end of SmackDown. Look at this. From the minute that cowardly liar, Buddy Murphy, tried pinning this on my good friend, I tried telling you and I tried telling the whole world that Eric Rowan is an innocent man. But you wouldn't listen. The whole world, they wouldn't listen. So I had to go to extreme lengths to find who is guilty myself to exonerate Eric Rowan. There we go. Let's get a good picture of this guy. I like this to go because this is him. <laughs> is that the artwork? No. Yes. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have it. Yes. Hold on. Get. Oh my God. Let me pull up my notes. Where are they? Where are they? There you go. Dual pullouts here. There you go. <laughs> Swerve, duh, 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 what is it? you know what? M Night Shyamalan, they are not. Mister Uzi's top. What is going on here? Look at him fighting it. Look at him fighting the laughter. No one tosses a dwarf. <laughs> oh, you know what? Smackdown, fuck you. That's why y'all on Fridays now. Ain't nobody watching y'all. Yeah, all right. Good luck on Fridays on Fox with your with your gnome imposters. I'm telling you, dude, like <laughs> that gnome meme I sent you, that's the epitome of what they did to us. What's that thing? It's like 16 seconds long. Oh, my God. It's... I hate him. <laughs> I hate him for that. I hate him so much. Fuck him. <laughs> all right. Well, here we go. Now, the final thing we're going to talk about tonight's Raw, which was at the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans, oh, Louisiana. Louisiana. Uh, the show opens with a Sasha Banks heel promo, which they basically use her sabbatical or her walking off the job as a spin to sort of add heat to her being a heel. She talks about the reason why she walked away. It wasn't really the reason why everybody on the Internet was speculating, but it is, in fact, actually because of the fact that she had to go to WrestleMania and defend the title that she didn't care about at all while Becky Lynch got to headline WrestleMania and got more money than her and just healed it up. And then this is broken by a natty running where she charges the ring and they meet at the top of the ramp and they collide. And then they do the all the King's horses and all the King's men sequence with all of the refs and everyone from backstage coming to try to break the two of them up. And that pretty much is how that segment ends. The first official match of the night was, uh, Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre with Ricochet going over with the 630 on Drew. And this match was really good, I have to say. Yes. This was a solid match. I'm actually going to watch this match again. Uh, this was a very good storytelling of David and Goliath, uh, with Ricochet. I, I love Drew McIntyre's, uh, sidewalk slam on the apron. 
It's always um, one of my favorite spots of his. On Ricochet, you know, Drew, um, also Drew reversing the uh, the Poison Ron into a Poison Alabama Slam. That was very, actually a pretty interesting variation there. And uh, as well as Ricochet catching uh, Drew McIntyre out of that splash, that corner splash into the Northern Lights. He catches him, literally, full strength, catches him out of the air. And Yo, Ricochet is so strong. Yeah, transitions that into a Northern Lights suplex. But then Mac, uh, basically, I don't even know how to describe it, is brute tosses the guy from that sequence. Um, you know, Mac also hitting that Glasgow kiss on Ricochet when he was springboarding off of the steps to 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 hit him with the forearm. He wanted to take. I get scared every time he does that move because I'm always convinced that's the time when he hit him for real. Like, yeah, and then Ricochet super kicking Drew out of the claymore. I thought that was actually quite impressive. Um, the 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 clothesline that turned Ricochet inside out into that sit out power bomb was a really cool sequence. Um. I'm, are they calling the Codebreaker the recoil now? Is that what I? Is that? I, what I, I think saw? that's what it is because they said that twice. Yeah, because when he did the Codebreaker, which they're not allowed to say anymore because of the Jericho move, they were like recoil, recoil. Yeah, so I think yeah, I think I think that move is officially the recoil. Gotcha. And then uh, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman are backstage doing an interview, and they're doing this thing, which they did last week also. I don't know if I mentioned it, but Braun Strowman, even though him and Rollins are, are both uh, focusing on being tag champions, Braun can't take his eyes off of the WWE Universal Championship. So, like, while Rollins is trying to talk to him about tonight's match, like, Strowman's just gaze. Like, he, you can't meet his gaze. Uh, you know, he can't take his gaze off of this title. Uh, but they did have cool chemistry there. I felt like they both corpsed a little bit, but I do kind of feel like, uh, the two of them are like a modern day two dudes with attitudes, HBK and Diesel. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I do kind of like it. I like where it's going and stuff. Uh, Miz faces Corbin. Good match. Corbin goes over with the end of days. I did like Miz countering the end of days into his signature DDT. That looked really solid. I also like Miz catching Corbin coming back in the ring with the skull crushing finale. The way he sort of, you know, Corbin does that thing that he does where he goes outside one corner and then slides back in the other. And Miz sort of feigns it like if he's not going to see it, but he was just sort of playing possum and then sort of does like a flash skull crushing finale. I thought that was dope. Um, so yeah, cool match there. Bailey goes over Nikki Cross. Uh, solid match there. We had the tag team turmoil, hashtag tag team turmoil, which was when one team's over, another team joins, which, uh, the, the winners of this are the ones that are going to be going on to face, uh, Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins, right? Yep, I got class, uh, class of champions. Right. So we start off with the B team against the Viking Raiders with the Viking Raiders going over. Then the Viking Raiders have to go on to fight the OC. This ends in a double DQ because the ref loses control of the damn thing. So both teams get thrown out there. After that, we wind up getting, uh, Ziggler and Rude against, uh, against, uh, Lince Dorado and Grand Metallic. Uh, what do you think happened? Ziggler and Rude wind up going over. Then we get Ziggler and Rude against the Revival and Ziggler and Rude once again go over. Then we get Ziggler and Rude against, uh, the Edgeheads. Ziggler and Rude once again go over. And then we get Ziggler and Rude against Heavy Machinery and they actually. And let me guess, Ziggler and Rude went over. They went over again. So we got these guys that are winning all out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. This team that didn't even exist. They decide they're going to do the full push of them in this tournament. I don't know how I feel about it. We'll have to see how the chemistry works. They just decided that the two of them are a team and the rest of us have to accept that. You had this random jobber and Dolph Ziggler. Just like, huh? Yeah, pretty much. And I'm just saying, I call him that because the last thing he's done where I seen him on TV was chase after the 24-7 title. He's a jobber. All right. <laughs> yeah. Sasha Banks has her return match. Now she's a heel. Ah, uh, she winds up going over with the bank statement. This this was pretty much your average match. This was everything that you would expect from a match with her. Uh 
But I think that with Sasha's new look and attitude, I could have gone for some new Arsenal. And I don't think that that was there. Yeah. Unless there's stuff that she didn't get to pull out tonight that she has. But I mean, yeah, I, I need to see more of like a heelish Arsenal. Like, Yeah, I need to see some changes with that. Uh, Cedric Alexander versus Cesaro. Um, and, and Cedric goes over with the lumbar check. Crazy match. They beat the shit out of each other in this one. Yeah, very solid match. Uh, AJ Styles is the main event against Braun Strowman for the U.S. title. This match winds up getting thrown out. Braun gets disqualified because of, amongst a bunch of chaos and interference from the OC, he winds up holding the smoking gun. He's holding a steel chair despite not doing anything. The the, the match gets thrown out, and then Braun winds up destroying yeah. all the OC members. Because the ref heard the chair shot. <laughs> saw AJ the shot on the ground, and, and Braun was standing up with the chair. Yeah, and that's pretty ba- much ba- basically Braun got Eddie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They pulled the old Eddie gimmick with poor Braun holding, and he winds up getting disqualified. And that yeah, uh, decent raw. Yeah, that pretty much uh, I they they didn't stay and screw us at the end like SmackDown. So yeah, no, you know Raw and SmackDown, even with the weird ending to SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown lately have been good enough. You know what I mean? And I yeah. actually enjoyed most of the matches. Think about it. When was the last time you've heard me come on here when going over what happened on a Raw? I had anything to say about the sequences or the matches. Usually I just tell you the results. I don't even bother because I don't want to just sound redundant and just repeat the same spots and sequences when they're not really trying to tell different stories. I felt like for the first time in a while, this Raw... Even if we don't like all of the creative direction, the, the matches themselves were telling different stories. If you look at Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre, despite the fact that you see both of these guys week in and week out, you don't ever see those moves executed the way that they were or the reversals or the different sequences that they did. You never see any of that. So I think that uh, just the variations and uh, just the choreography overall, the, the the whole thing, you can tell that there are new creative hands, even if they're not fully grasping the product yet you could tell there's new creative hands here and i think that's really cool uh the only other thing i didn't mention was the whole thing with fox uh we got our truth running around with the 24 7 title they kind of use that as an excuse to uh, put over the people from fox yeah you know like have one of the one of the fox executives winds up winning the title or something like that uh you know just and things then, like that and then, uh, and then unfortunately elias from the beginning so sadly elias the champion yeah, yeah, so now Elias... I, I'd rather just stay on the Fox guy, because I mean... <laughs> yeah. But overall, like I said, I think what they're doing... I told you, don't sleep on WWE. You know, I said, never, never underestimate the E. You know, even if even when things are looking down, even when another company's popping up, never underestimate their ability to pull their shit together really fast when they feel threatened and start to put together a coherent product. That doesn't mean it's great. That doesn't even mean it's what it, where it should be. But that means that if you really look at it... Uh, there's stuff to talk about in it, you know? That's the main thing I always want. Like, if you're going to be like this, stay like this. Don't just get, like, don't go back to the same shit if everything ends up ending. Like, no, you stay this good. I told you before, I gave up on them until they gave me a reason to want to watch this again. And they so far, they've been doing that. Yeah, exactly. Like, now it's at the point where now they have to make sure they give me a reason to stick around because I'm not looking for it anymore. Yeah. I think that's it for here, right? Yeah. All right. Folks, listen, I know you love the wrestling stuff. I see it, especially with the iTunes and the SoundCloud and everything. Try to come and check out the other stuff on YouTube. Also, check out this show on YouTube where you got the visuals now. As well as come to, go to talkbrunch.com if you don't know how to get to our, our mixer channel. Just go to the top of talkbrunch.com, the top screen where is the banner. If we're live with any other kind of content, uh, that'll go live. That'll just be a video. 
you know, always check around 11 p.m. on most days of the week in case something's happening. But don't forget on Tuesdays, right after 205 Live, uh, we're definitely, we do the party game zone, you know, and Sundays, uh, one hour earlier than our usual time, 10 p.m. We have adventure game. I just go to the top of the website. You're not obligated to do anything. It's easy. Come check us out. Exactly. Yeah, thanks for coming, MWW Cody. Yeah, come around tomorrow night, dude. Show at least pop in almost every day, like we said, around eleven, just to see if we might be up to something. Yeah, we might not necessarily be, but I mean, hey, stop by, hang out, watch some of the old stuff. We did a lot of new stuff this past week. Watch some of that, like yeah, the 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 kind of content. I'm not even saying that the the kind of content that we bring. No one's doing the kind of content we're doing. So if you want something yeah. different. I challenge you to find anyone that has our tier of content. That being said, thank you to everyone who hung out with us for this night. All of you wonderful people who were there, not only for uh, the podcast, but also hung out throughout Raw and commented. Don't forget, we'll be in the chat room tomorrow for SmackDown as well. You can t- hang out until uh, throughout the show and until it ends. EB Gamer, Six Layer, Willie V2, Stasis Dreams, Ace Rainbow 3674, Cooler Ice 305, George Z, Dub385, Sky, Sky Does Sun, uh, Mikey Gambino, Talky Bridge 21380, Mark 710, Matt Squire, Stony Hydra 15140, Runic Puma 479337, X Effect 26, Air, Z, Z Mogul, Z Miguel, XD, Buffering Dot, Pigman 10105, Air, oh, I'm sorry, Smiley Train 420, Lavender Miss, Nico Sneeko, Runius Ed 1989, MWW Cody, and Matt Starr. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 336, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we are out of here. The parenthesis has been fulfilled. Good night. Shut it down.